0: Thanks, everyone, for checking out this edition of the HQE Podcast. The Tag Team Champions of Podcasting are back at their little hiatus here. Little one. Little one. We had a little bachelor party uh, action going on. Uh, uh, Out-of-town visitors and summertime and life caught up. So it's been, oh, 12 days, I guess, since our last podcast. And uh, here we are on a Wednesday uh, recording. And, whole oh, boys, a bunch of shit hit the fan since the last time we podcast. Everything from... Uh, Eagles' second pick in the draft, Carson Wentz busting a rib. To uh, rumors of Joel Embiid's preseason basketball debut for the Sixers. To Ryan Howard and Carlos Ruiz clearing waivers for the Phillies.
1: Not expected to be dealt, though.
0: Neither of them. Uh, Apparently Ruiz has got a couple people sniffing around, but nothing serious. And uh, the local talk radio scene in Philadelphia imploding... We have a bunch of uh, shows to talk about, um, HBO shows. Michael's going to catch Stranger Things. We'll talk a little bit about that um, in a bit. And then the professional wrestling world, which has been crazy. Pretty uh, pretty insane. So there's a bunch of stuff to bring everybody up to speed with, but let's, uh, let's not bury the lead. Let's start with with the football, New York, or New York, the Philadelphia football team. Look
1: at that Freudian slip.
0: Yeah, we were just talking about our... Uh, our relative, who's a New York resident, and uh, my brain was on his yeah. situation. Um, no, unfortunately, the New York football team probably in better shape than the Philadelphia football team. But I don't
1: know about that. Not by a whole lot. Right now. They they're, are. They're a
0: fucking disgrace. Their offensive line is putrid. I, I'm not
1: even talking about
0: uh, with the kicker they're situation. The field.
1: they're they're a, They're an embarrassment to themselves and to the NFL. And they, the NFL really, I mean, if, if you know. I'm not going to get into it. Their kicker was, uh, you know, allegedly a- accused. Not allegedly accused. He was accused. Right. Of domestic violence. And the NFL suspended him for a week, which is not standard operating procedures. Well, the, the I thought the new standard rate. was supposed to be six, six games. games. It yeah. is. And, the you know, John Mara, who's the owner what, half partner of the Giants, is supporting his guy and, you know, the rest of... John Mars supporting him the rest of the organization is going to support him. It's just... It's a disgrace. Fuck the Giants. Fuck that organization. I have no respect for him. It's bullshit. Is
0: he getting the... one-week slap on the wrist, even though there's 20 alleged occasions of domestic violence against this dude, and the NFL, their, their zero-tolerance policy, all that shit, is he getting... The benefit of the doubt because he's blessed with a certain skin tone you think
1: he I think that's part of it, but I'll tell you what another part of it is he's getting the benefit of the doubt because there's no video evidence
0: well what I me mean, what the fuck do you want there to be
1: i uh, I'm not well, I'm comparing this to Ray rice debacle okay, and the reason and which is it's so it's such. <laughs> hypocrisy. It's ridiculous, but...
0: Because uh, the blowback at the Ray Rice was that there was zero tolerance and it was a six-week minimum. Mm-hmm. So explain to me how... And Ray Rice never convicted, by the way. Right. So... Um, oh, we did our homework. It's
1: Yeah, that's what they're saying about Josh Brown. Because they, they're, they're, that's a guy that they signed in the offseason. Yeah, they re-signed him. Re-signed him, right, to uh, I think it was like a year or two. And... Um,
0: well, they have Cody Parkey. I think he's going to be looking for work soon. Well...
1: Uh, they're a disgrace, dude, and it's just—it's a mess. It does it's not a good look for the Giants nor the NFL. But honestly, there really isn't anything that's a good look for the NFL lately. So, it,
0: um, it's really tough to, to defend the league anymore. Yeah,
1: it's hard, and it sucks because I love the, the on-field product. It's just repugnant. Mm-hmm. I,
0: I don't know that I'd give this latitude to anything else in my life. No, anything else that I support, like I, like Target was given a hard time about. Same sex bathroom shit And it irritated me To the point where I was like I won't feel like Fucking go to Target anymore And I love Target I'll go to Target 10 over 10 over Walmart Any day of the week But I mean
1: Yeah
0: If you're just a piece of shit I can't support you Chick-fil-A Yeah they, they make me sick too Though I I gotta Their be fucking honest
1: fucking food is I know I don't even care man. It's like You know In a
0: pinch <sighs> Is there anything better Than the classic Chick-fil-A sandwiches no, Yeah sandwich Number beers? four Spa, spicy chicken spicy. deluxe, dude. You don't like the pickles, With though, peppers outrage. Uh, my wife will
1: eat them.
0: The pickles makes the sandwich to me. See, that's, that is yeah, that's ridiculous. That's just perfect. What do you think about the old uh, Whopper burrito now? Yeah. The okay. Whopper burrito? That's,
1: that's, that's
0: nonsense. You didn't see the Kotaku review of it? No. What did they say? <laughs> they, they said if you like a Whopper, you like taco? this. Yeah. It's essentially, it's just a Whopper tortilla shell, which according <laughs> to them is a much better delivery mechanism than, uh... This country is disgusting. Oh. I mean, I don't like it. I don't like the to begin with, but we're we're reaching the the the, the apex of yeah. just disgusting filth. So, where were we? Uh, back to the the boys in green. Yeah. So I go to the first preseason game, which was probably yes, you did. a bad sign for anybody who's an Eagles fan because I am legit to kiss of death when it comes to injuries, and uh, under the auspices of in a piss ass hot day. 100 degrees in the shade, and it was hot. Excellent seats, though. Uh, the Fiancés work gave them away. I guess uh, tough to to convince many people to want to go to a goddamn preseason game in late July. But uh, we went, because I wanted to see Wentz play. And, um, to, you know, the Dennis Green, we are who they really thought they were, is pretty apparent. Um, surprisingly, no, I guess not surprisingly, but Semi surprisingly, the defense has played very well uh, in the first two preseason games.
1: Um, A lot of takeaways,
0: yeah, which is good. And you know, again, it's the NL and it's preseason and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But you would want to see them play well, and they have. The offense has been anemic. Uh, lots of points off of turnovers, but not much else. Chase Daniel has been just bad. Pedestrian, I guess is kind, but he's not played well. Um, and I got to see Carson Wentz play his first NFL, more or less, snaps. I mean, not official, but, you know, his first game. And I got to watch him get planted late in the fourth quarter and crack a rib.
1: So he has not been... He took a couple hard hits, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was that last one that got him. But, yeah, he was that... Playing with fourth-string offensive line when your offensive line is bad to begin with is a tough order. But uh, the kids credited Young in there and threw the ball around. He just... Bad news, Bear. So he... Cracks of rib. He's not practiced um, fully since. And maybe out to the last preseason game uh, on the good side. So who knows what kind of action you're at him. The thing that I find funny, and it's almost... Well, I guess it's because we're so defeatist in this town to begin with. But we don't learn from anything. So we know how meaningless preseason is. If nothing else, last year should have taught us that. And it should be a lesson that sticks in everybody's mind. But the overreactions have begun. Uh, I argued with some guy on Twitter and Andrew Porter today that the guy's already making the statement that Paxton Lynch is going to be better than Carson Wentz. And I said, based off of what? Look how he's looked in the preseason Wentz can't get on the field. And I said, look how he looked in the what? In the preseason. I said, exactly. Come see me in the year three, and we'll see who's the better quarterback. And then the newest argument is, the Dak Prescott argument, because he's looked so well good for the Cowboys. Yep. That's tremendous. He's looked, and he has. To their credit, he's looked like a capable player. Against vanilla defenses, against third and fourth string guys who will be out of the league within days. So, please, you can miss me on the Dak Prescott shit, too. Let's pump the brakes until these guys have two or three years of starting experience underneath their belt and see how this thing plays out. Lynch, in my opinion, has the best opportunity to have a successful career early because of the team he was drafted into. It's not such a bad gig game drafted into defending Super Bowl champions, firstly. Second of all, there's not fuck all in front of him. Who's he going to beat out? Mark Sanchez? Right. Who apparently may not make the team at this point.
1: Uh... Which, by the way, if he doesn't make
0: the team, the Eagles get no compensation for that trade. It's a conditional pick and if he gets cut, they get nothing. It's a bad contract and it's not guaranteed, so there's a shot that the Sanchez gets cut loose. He's already... they already moved Paxton Lynch up to number two in the death charts, and he's playing himself into a role for that squad.
1: Yeah, but Simeon can't get on the field.
0: No. It's hurt.
1: You know, and what I'll say th- about... Here's the thing. People who have listened to this show since last year will know that... How I feel about the preseason. It's completely meaningless... Um, both if you look bad and, and if you look good, um, it doesn't really matter. But here's what I'll say about the Prescott stuff. If I'm a Cowboys fan and I'm at a bar and I'm going to talk shit, this is what I would pull out of my ass to talk about Prescott. He's dominating competition at the lower levels, right? I mean, it's not, what, what people, Cowboys fans getting excited about Prescott is no di- well? It's a little different, but I'll explain in a second. Then people getting excited. Then people in this town getting excited about Ben Simmons playing in the summer league. Ben Simmons and how he looked in the summer league. He looked like a man among boys, and how he did all this. Blah 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 blah. blah. That's great. He's supposed to because he's the first pick in the draft. He's supposed to be better than this competition, right? Well, the expectation for Prescott wasn't there, which is a benefit for him because there's no pressure. But he's looked tremendous. Against competition that essentially is low rung, I guess. For for, you know, the
0: analogy is not so apt because Ben Simmons is actually looking good against guys who are NBA players. They're young NBA players. Some of them are marginal NBA players, but these are guys that would be on a roster. Yeah, but Prescott's putting up fucking numbers against guys who won't be in the league in a week.
1: Right, but he's not. The point I'm trying to make. Right, but these guys. He's not. These guys aren't NBA players.
0: I mean, well, they'll be on teams. On. They're not and, superstars, right? But, but he's not—he's not playing against guys who won't be in the NBA. He's playing no, against but, guys who are in the league with him, right? But some of them other first-round pick rookies he's playing against. So he's going against his peers. I, I'm not saying you need to. None of it means a fuck all. What I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, the what I'm trying
1: do. to make is this, and I don't even—I I don't necessarily believe this because I don't. Preseason is meaningless. All I'm saying is—is is that he's a guy who has looked. Who's put up insane numbers? You look great against lackluster competition. Yeah. A guy, if he is a starter, right in the NFL, and that's a big if. Mm-hmm. He's do that's how a starter in the NFL should look playing against people yeah. who are never going to make an NFL roster. Is, my, is the point that I'm trying to make? So, but even so, that's as a Cowboys fan, I I caution weeks, Cowboys fans. Yes, yeah, you takes you can take solace, but in, look in, in at, the end it look means at what nothing.
0: Sam Bradford did against starting players against Green Bay last year. This town went ballistic,
1: right? But it wasn't that. It wasn't those numbers.
0: He the Green didn't Bay one fifty
1: eight point three. He right went like ten for
0: ten with three with two touchdowns against the Green Bay in that preseason game last year. He went as out of his mind. In his only game, he played more than a few snaps. He went nuts, and people in this town got all on board. They're all excited for Bradford, and then the regular season started, what what he do?
1: Well, I mean, that's what I mean. He shit the I'm bed. So, so, and you're listen, chance starters. Gonna, you're going to see Dak Prescott this year.
0: Well, there's no shot Romo stays healthy, right? Year, that's what I mean.
1: so. so we'll see, but and that's a big if. But that's
0: and if I was a Cowboys fan, I'd be excited. You should be excited for things like that. This is the, that's the point of the preseason to see how these young kids can play.
1: I can't relate. I, there, I haven't been excited about a football team.
0: Well, I understand. thirteen. You, you got three quarterbacks playing, trying to compete for so. the starting job.
1: I don't ever get excited. No matter how good they were, I don't ever get it. The preseason is nothing to do with excitement.
0: What do you mean, dude? You now have not only do you have the Gabbert and Kaepernick competition Mm -hmm. horse race, but you Mm -hmm. you have got Christian Ponder throwing his hat into the ring. Oh yeah, and exciting times. He was the he was the best player, the best quarterback on the field for them. Their last game was he not?
1: Yep. Yep. And Cabrera's probably gonna play on, on uh,
0: Friday. Is that his Friday? first preseason action? Be his
1: first preseason action. And uh, I read an article that said he's
0: the, the whatever the fuck this means, but the mental side of picking up that offense, he's done very well lately. We'll see. What does that mean, by the way?
1: Uh dude. Listen, here's what I'd say to that: all those people that said last year that their their offense was completely predictable and they ran the same play over and over again. If Colin Kaepernick can pick it up, the mental part of the offense that makes a lot of damn sense then. Because <coughs> listen, Kaepernick is an athlete, has athletic ability that I will never see in any lifetime, in any realm, in any reality. But he's not a guy who I would think that has all his, you know, his brains in, the, in necessarily in the right place. So, if you
0: had to pick who who are you starting of the three of them
1: um i'm starting Kaepernick.
0: yeah do you yeah, think I he's mean, the most talented of the three
1: yeah and i think that he's 12 million dollars you're paying 12 million is so i think even if you're not going to do anything this year you have you legit have not there's nothing to lose so you You play Kaepernick.
0: Is he going to, is he a guy you'd hit your franchise to long term? No. So you just play him on a year and then see Mm -hmm. what you can do?
1: Yeah, the problem though is is that there's nobody, there's nobody coming out of college.
0: Well, there's one. The number one pick in the draft, unless something happens to him this year in college, is coming out next year. Yeah, well. So.
1: I'm not convinced that he's going to be a player in the NFL. Well,
0: you got to let him play it out, but he looks, uh. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying that. He certainly Watson has certainly looked the part so far. I mean, look what he's done for Clemson. So it's not like uh, he hasn't looked good. He's got to play another year, but shit, I'd be hopeful for that.
1: I hope that could. I
0: hope that gets on the Mr. Softy theme song. What it is is fucking psychological torture for anybody who knows the the host of the show. Michael and I are huge ice cream fans, and neither one of us is eating dinner, so we're sitting here. Yeah. And uh, son of a bitch if Mr. Salty isn't rolling by the old HQE studios as we record this. is bullshit. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, if I was a non-Ish fan, of Kaepernick to start, too? Because of the three of them, he's got the most ability. And yep. he's won playoff games and won games in the NFL. Blaine Gabbert can't play a lick. And <laughs> Christian Ponder's never no. done anything, so... None of those guys would get me all excited, but if I had to pick one for the hope of a decent season, it would be it would be Cap. I just don't know even if Kaepernick plays and plays like Super Bowl era Colin Kaepernick, it's going to make a fucking lick of difference. You, your talent wide receivers thin. Yeah,
1: they don't. Right. I mean, they have their they know where their bread's buttered. Yeah, they want to be in the game. running game and the defense. Their defense should be better this year than it was last year.
0: Well. I would take umbrage with that, because if they're running Chip Kelly's offense that he ran in Philadelphia, your defense isn't going to have a chance to be better because it's going to be on the field a fuck ton. And, uh, talent-wise, I mean. Oh, yeah. Then, then by week eight, those guys are all ha- exhausted or mm-hmm. injured. Yep. It won't make a lick of difference, but...
1: I'm wondering how soon before the locker room turns on them.
0: Well, if we talked about it before, winning is the best deodorant, so if they just shit the bed out of the jump... You so know, week one, then? If you're looking at a, no joke, if you're looking at a 3-4 win team this year and they're in your division, which will probably be the best division of football again, because the Cardinals and the Seahawks are both legit contenders, yep. legit Super Bowl contenders. contenders, yeah. And the Rams are offensively not very good, but their defense is still excellent. And you still have a veteran coach in Jeff Fisher that, who knows. So the Rams will probably be better than you, too. Yep. You're securely in the basement, and yep. if you're getting your your dicks kicked in, that's a tough thing to swallow. And put up with Tier Kelly's goofy shit on top of it all. That stuff would be great if you're winning. He came in and rolled in and threw an 11 win season on the board, and you made the playoffs, and and Kaepernick returned to form, and that kind of shit. They'll do whatever the fuck you tell them to do because everybody likes to win. They'll buy into that. Yeah, you suck. You can take your smoothies and your sleep monitors and shove them up your ass. I don't, I don't need this bullshit. Because they succeeded in levels of football. I didn't have to do that nonsense. We'll see. I like all that stuff. But I'm a, I'm a geek. So I like different. I like people who innovate and try shit. Um, I liked having that. But the wins and losses are the end result.
1: Yeah, I don't give a shit what you do. Just win. Even if it means ta- having every guy take PEDs. <laughs> I don't care.
0: Well, I would agree. And the only people who wouldn't agree are the USADA and the UFC. Which, by the way, we can talk about for a second, because we enjoyed UFC 202 this last weekend. Yes. Um,
1: oh, um, real quick. Navarro Bowman, number 47, is the only 49ers player represented on ESPN's NFL-ranked Top 100 list.
0: Well, the Eagles have three entire players on the Top 100 list.
1: Fletcher Cox is number 40.
0: Yeah. The other two were um, Malcolm Jenkins and Jason Peters, I believe. Those were our three. Uh, how Jason Peters makes the list when the guy plays two quarters of a game is beyond me, but in any event, um, we didn't even talk about Lane Johnson, his pending suspension, which has come up. He was a, an angry Lane Johnson in the press.
1: Yeah, what was that about? I, I saw a blurb about that, but I didn't look
0: into it. The NFL's been jerking him around, and they've been fiddle-fucking with the B-sample, and it's been in limbo, and he can't even appeal this nonsense until the B-sample mm-hmm. result comes, so it makes him hang around in limbo even more. And uh, if you go through the locker room and look in the lockers of all the guys are in the locker room, there's going to be a million different things, in those lockers that are not um, uh, USDA-approved, and... You know, all, all you need really is food and water, and, and uh, that's all he's going to do, because he can't risk a two-year suspension if he gets suspended this time, and this whole thing. And I'm like, motherfucker, why didn't have that epiphany last time he got suspended?
1: Well, here's the thing, I'm not going to side with him, because I think he's a pompous douche, but um, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to argue with what he's saying, though, honestly. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. We've I've talked ad nauseum about how I feel about these these types of suspensions. And he does have a point. He's trying to prepare for a season that doesn't even know he's gonna play in, and they're jerking him the fuck around, they take their sweet ass time with shit, mm-hmm. And it's another it's another, you know, mind fuck of the NFL and it's ridiculous.
0: And the NFL by and large gives these players zero chance mm-hmm. of winning these appeals. If they say it, you're pretty much getting it. I mean what they, once in a while they throw you a bone. Like, who the other day had a four game suspension reduced to three games?
1: Le'Veon Bell.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's shit like that. So, what do they do? Toss him a Okay. You can come back week nine. Oh. the fuck good's that do you? I don't know. At that point, your quarterback's a fucking hamburger. Um, Sam who's been starting at guard for the Eagles, is hurt. So, he may miss preseason game on Saturday. Uh, so, Wisniewski is actually going to play guard there. The Eagles are just not deep and not. Things aren't good. They did sign. Uh, Steven Tulloch, at 31 years old. Yep. which That would have been a great signing when he was a free agent four years ago. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. You certainly need linebacker death Either Joe Walker got hurt and uh, out for the season in the second preseason game. So, it, you know, it is what it is. I think this team will be uh, interesting, but you shouldn't have any real hope that they can do much outside of win a handful of games here and there. Um, but... It's going to make people feel like an, uh, a throwback to the old Eagles days where defense is the focus. Even when Andy Reid was here, when Jim Johnson was your defensive coordinator, that defense had swagger. The Eagles didn't come in and just get pushed around too often. Every once in a while, you throw up a clunker. But by and large, nobody just came in and blew your doors out. You competed, and that defense competed. And Jim Johnson had them ready to play there weren't too many offensive coordinators that could give them fits. For whatever reason, the Colts and Peyton Manning always were a nightmare. They would just rip the Eagles up. Pittsburgh, for whatever reason, seemed to have that effect on us too. But by and large, especially if the Eagles had seen them multiple times, like the division, especially they were Jim Johnson was excellent against the division. It was a good. Uh, it was a good feeling as an Eagles fan to know that your defense was going to carry it, even though your head coach was an offensive guy and you. Were predicated around things like McNabb. Outside of McNabb and, and, you know, the the T.O. year, your offense was a collection of good but not great players. Brian Westbrook was a good player, but not a Hall of Famer by any stretch. Um, uh, Chad Lewis was a decent tight end. Not any great shakes, but a good tight end. Uh, You had Pinkston, who was mediocre, and James Thrash, who was mediocre, and Freddie Mitchell, who was probably less than mediocre, and you know, you had that collection of, of guys running in and out of that team. Your offensive line was always very good. And Deuce Daly was a good running back, and you had things like that, but nothing that was ever like the triplets. You didn't have, you know, Aikman, Irvin, and right. and uh, Smith. You had McNabb, Westbrook, and Pinkston. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> you know, it, it kind of was that. But on the other side of the ball, think about what they had in that secondary. You transitioned from... Uh, uh, Bobby Taylor and oh. Vincent. No, Troy Vincent came in. Yeah, and by and Troy Vincent, and to Leto Shepard and Sheldon Brown. That's four really good quarterbacks mm-hmm. over the course of I don't know a dozen years. That was some stability back there. You rolled in Brian Dawkins, who was the anchor of your defense for the better part of a decade. You always had a good safety playing next to him, never anybody great, but you, you know, like Michael Lewis and such in his prime, they were Quentin Michael. Those guys could play. They weren't the best, but they could play. Your defensive line always had a stutter, too, on it, from Fletcher Cox now and Andy Reid drafted him to Corey Simon, um, you know, Hugh Douglas for a long time. You had guys that could just legit go out there and play some football. Your linebacker, to Reed, was always subpar because he didn't value the position. But even then, Trotter was a decent player for a while. I won't talk about LeVon Kirkland, who I hope rots in hell. But it, it, it's that tradition. You feel like you're getting a little bit back to that. And it's a good thing because Jim Schwartz will probably be your head coach in a year and a half. Um, But it's certainly interesting times if you're an Eagles fan. It was also interesting times if you're a fan of the all yeah. Fighting Championship. And we both like it um, more peripheral than some of the hardcore fans, you and I. Right. But we both enjoy it. Um, and this week that just passed was Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz 2. And it was actually a really fun UFC card because there's no long fights. Um, it didn't get done 3 o'clock in the goddamn morning, which is the biggest problem you have with them. You had some really good action on the card's rumble. I mean, that knockout... <laughs> he just uh, dusted him. Um And then the main event lived up to the billing. That one went the distance. You got five rounds. You This first nine minutes of the ten, first ten were Conor McGregor just beating the living shit out of Nate Diaz, both pummeling his face and kicking his leg and taking his time just piece by piece dismantling the man that eventually Nate Diaz had enough brought a little bit of heat back at the end of the second round to McGregor and McGregor was out. He was gassed. He had nothing left. Spent the better part of the next three rounds running, trying not to get knocked the hell out, and throwing the occasional counterpunch or combination to Diaz. The nearest analogy I can give is if you're a boxing fan when a boxer gets a big lead and just does enough to stay busy to to look like he's in the fight still. Um, That kind of shit. But it was a split decision. Two judges had it for McGregor and one on a draw. Um, I would err on the side that I don't have a problem with McGregor winning because I think he did the more impactful thing in the fight. Though, you know, he spent the majority of the second half of that fight running. He also was the only one that did anything significant from a damage perspective. I mean... You just look and his face at Nate Diaz's face after that fight and who won the fight. He just he do, he always looks like a hamburger, but right. fuck man. He looked like someone hit him in a car. Um and then I guess the most disgusting thing of the whole thing is it's gonna be overshadowed with this nonsensical vape shit.
1: Well, I'm I'm waiting to see the fallout with that because it was a story yesterday and it really wasn't I haven't I haven't hear, heard a Peep since, so I'm not sure. They're investigating, apparently, so we'll see.
0: The story is, for those who don't know, is after the fight, when he was being talked to, he was vaping from a pen, and it had cannabid oil in it? Yeah. Cannabinoid. Whatever you say. it. <laughs> CBD. He uses to help with recovery and pain and things like that. There's no THC in it, apparently. So it doesn't have the uh, mind-altering effect that straight marijuana would have, at least... Uh, fuck if I know, I'm not yeah, into the scene, I don't know the science, that's the caveat that I was given, but my understanding is it's against, uh, it's on, it's on the banned list. From of course it is. The, U- the UFC. Yeah, so they, so. if they had gotten outside of the fight, if he had done it the next day when he was no longer in the fight, it probably wouldn't have mattered, but on the night of the fight, it wound up being a big deal, um... This fight was notable because the spectacle leading up to it was McGregor showing up a half hour late to the press conference, Diaz walking out in the press conference, McGregor throwing mildly racist slurs towards Diaz's team, which then in started a water bottle throwing incident. They, they really have done everything they can to make themselves into the...
1: WWE? Yeah.
0: It's pro wrestling. Yeah. With... Uh, less fixed outcomes. Let's put it that way.
1: I don't think I think it's gonna go down as one of the greatest MMA fights ever.
0: That fight was Did you not enjoy it? It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was like, worth the words, price
1: word, Yeah, Words don't even describe how incredible that, that scene was. That those twenty five minutes are some of the most compelling sports television I've ever
0: seen. Um so they, I thought it was good. They're supposedly going to have the, the the rubber match, the trilogy, this time at 155. McGregor's fought him twice at 170.
1: I don't think Diaz comes down.
0: He said he would. He did say he would? Mm-hmm. He said, the man fought me twice at 170. I want the trilogy. I'll honor what I said. I'll fight him at 155. It won't make a difference. McGregor's not big enough to fight with a guy like Diaz. He just even if he cuts the weight down to 155, which is still 10 pounds over his weight class he's the champion in, which means he's not going to defend his belt again, he still isn't going to be able to knock out Diaz, even if Diaz drops the 155. Diaz might lose a little off his fastball, power-wise, but Diaz wasn't knocking motherfuckers out before. He, I mean, he can, but, you know, he, he choked McGregor out the first time they fought. Yep. Um, so, He's not like McGregor's going to be more powerful at 155, and it's not like Diaz is going to be have less of a chin or be weaker there. As uh, far as I'm concerned, if you're McGregor, you do other shit before you get back to this fight because you wait him out. Because right now, I don't see much... It doesn't, it's not smart to me to, to take this fight. You proved that you could hang with him. You proved that you, could, that you could fight with him. He's just not big enough to fight a guy like Diaz. The height, the size, it's just... It's not right. I mean... Legitimately, Brock Lesnar was acting like an asshole when he called out McGregor, but it's the same thing. McGregor is a much better fighter than Brock Lesnar could be, but he's not going to be able to hurt Lesnar.
1: Brock Lesnar would kill him.
0: Yeah, he would legit, if he caught him once, it, the fight's over. It's that kind of shit. It's not as drastic. He doesn't even need to catch him, though. That's the thing. Lesnar would just pick him up, slam him, and smother him the whole time. What the hell's McGregor going to do? Nothing. It's, he'd be like a little kid. It was like the, when they showed him the sparring with the guy that played the mountain in Game of Thrones. Right, he was just like a gnat running around, whacking on him. But the guy was like shrugging him off, like the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Um, So I don't know. He, I think he's better served staying down in his weight class and defending that belt, or relinquishing it and going up to the next weight class and fighting there for a while. But
1: I think he needs to stay out of one seventy
0: though. Oh yeah, no, no, one fifty five is the cap. Yeah, I mean I understand he probably walks around at one sixty five, one seventy when he's not training. But that's. These guys are cutting to get to 170. I mean, you know, Nate Diaz probably walks around the buck 90. That's a much bigger person than a guy who's walking around the 165. So he's. Fighting a Dos Años or somebody back down to that weight class is probably better for him than, than what's going on there. But it was something I was glad to get to watch. You intrigued with how much the UFC is uh, promoting CM Punk?
1: Yeah, I didn't catch uh, the Evolution of Punk episode 2 on Monday. Um, Somebody on my uh, Facebook news feed posted the episode, so I have to check that out. Um, Yeah, and it leads me to believe that there may be something going on behind the scenes. Not that, you know, I don't want to discredit the guy, because I hope Punk wins, man. I'm rooting for him. But um, I find it hard to believe that the UFC would invest all this money in this CM Punk only to have him get decimated in the octagon on September the 10th. And I know that I'm a tinfoil guy, I'm a skeptic, but, you know, we'll see. I just, I don't really care, to be honest with you. Like, I just want to see him win.
0: I feel like he has, throughout this entire way, everything has always been caveated. Like, there's almost these built-in excuses for him if he does lose. He's 36 years old. He never fought competitively till two years ago. He's never had a professional fight. He's making a huge transition late in life. He's passionate and tough and strong but he's going against youth and experience and all these things instead of what if you normally were bucking something like this and I use wrestling terms, but it would be the inevitability of this guy look at what a force of nature he is, look at how hard he's worked, look at how, you know, much he's put into this, a sacrifice and strength and everything else. And it's almost like, oh yeah, he's working real hard and he looks real good, but boy, he's 36 and it's it's going to be something if he can get in there and, and do anything. It's almost like if he loses, it's going to be like, yeah, what'd you think was going to happen? And if he wins, it's going to be this, oh shit, look what he was able to pull off in his career kind of thing.
1: I don't, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I just don't, you have those caveats even before they started marketing him as a UFC. Uh, you know, as as a guy who's going to fight in the Octagon one day. I mean, when he started training, when he announced it, that's the stuff. That was the narrative. He's too old. He's never fought before. You. I mean, that you heard that the first day he came out and said he was going to be with the UFC. So, well, there's a reason for that because that's sh- all true. It's pretty true. Yeah, yeah, it's all true. That's right. That's where I was going. Like all that stuff are legitimate. You know, not excuses because I don't think, uh, you know, the guy that I that I see on television, uh, CM Punk, I don't think he would use uh, those types of things as excuses. I don't think he's an excuse kind of guy. I have never met him. I don't know him. But if I had to guess, I'd say that that's probably true. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean, it's the odds are stacked heavily against him. There isn't a question. The the skeptic in me and and the, the you know the fact that I question everything has me believing ha- has me wondering why they would invest all this. If are they just piggybacking on his stardom in in pro wrestling, and that's why because they know it's going to sell buys, or well, are they really got interested? I mean, or, the, or do is do they know that he's going to get decimated in the octagon because you're he's fighting a guy who's
0: what twenty two? Yeah. And he's got a couple UFC fights under his belt. Um, two. Mickey Gale. Yeah. But that's two more than Punk's got. Correct. Um, he's also been doing it since he's like 16 yep. years old and, and is still 22. Yep. So there's something to be said for that. I mean, Agreed. I, mean, I could roll out of bed at 22 years old and do a lot more than I can roll out of bed at 38 years old and do. It's, it's difficult. He'll be 37 <laughs> by the time the fight's... Yeah, his birthday's coming up, right? Or yeah. did it just happen? I don't or? know. But he's going to be 37. And... I mean, at the end of the day, he's got money and and AJ, so it's not such a bad fucking life. No.
1: <laughs> no, and I think he'll be fine. I mean, I think he's... He'll be fine in whatever he does, even if he does get his ass kicked, which I really hope he doesn't. He's got comics. He's got connections in the comic world. He's got jobs writing for comics and He should go back so to wrestle if he wanted to. He he WWE. I don't think he will, if I had to guess, but never say never in the wrestling business. Mm-hmm. Um... I think the problem, though, is that if he doesn't go back to WWE... WWE is really the only company that can afford him right now. Um, And I don't think... I think he's given... My my thing with him is, if I had to guess, I'd say that... He's a guy who probably feels that he... Will love wrestling. And will give to wrestling more than wrestling could ever give or love him back.
0: Yeah, maybe it's because he can't get it out of wrestling. Like... What does he want back from wrestling? Money he's gotten. Fame yeah. he's gotten. Mm-hmm. Fandom he's gotten. Respect. I don't think he ever felt like he was respected. Well, and honestly, I would argue I would argue with him on that. He was working for a company that wasn't going to because they didn't make him. How? That's how they
1: are. I mean they, He was the big he was bigger he was bigger than Daniel Bryan was. He was a bigger draw
0: than Daniel Bryan. Agreed. He still is. And I love Daniel Bryan. That's not slighting him in the least. It's just and outside of John Cena, over the last 10 to 12 years, no one has drawn more money
1: than Sam Punk. I and it, I think maybe now, AJ Styles may be, uh, may be approaching that, but he's not not yet. AJ Styles has to do it for as long as Punk did. You know, and that's, how do you not, I, I
0: don't understand. The harder part about Punk the, the support him in the situation is he's such an abrasive prick. I get that. It's hard to, it's I, hard to root, not hard to root for him, because I enjoy him. But it's hard to be sympathetic towards him because he's such a dickhead.
1: But here's the thing, though. Like, see, and you and I have kind of argued with each other about this too, because I see his abrasiveness and his, um, his not aggressiveness, but he is kinda, he can be aggressive with fans, mm-hmm. uh, not in a physical way, but um, I see that though, and I'm like, you know what? I get that. That is completely justified to deal with what this guy has had to deal with in his uh, and I don't and I can't really speak that much on his pre WWE career. Uh, yeah, I've seen a few matches. I know that he was with ROH. I know that he wrestled for other promotions besides them. Um, as far as I could tell, ROH respected him and they they gave they gave him their title and they you know he was their their top guy for a while. But he never got that. Yes, the argument is, oh, but Mike, you know, he held the WWE title for 400 and some days. Yes, he did. That is correct. He never made. He was never. He never. He. he they refused for two or three years to put him. And I don't even remember if he ever. I know he never made a event in WrestleMania, which to me was
0: is is criminal. They gave the Undertaker match once. Yeah, match that he.
1: Did he say he didn't want that match, or he...
0: I don't know, but he wrestled his ass off. And he, and he sold it great going into it, too. Am I a super Mark to think that he should have been the one to break the streak?
1: Well... Is that like a Marky thing? Do it sound like a Mark when I say that?
0: Here's the hard part about that streak thing. The only if person... If you're going to decide to break it. Right. Let me, let me preface it with The only person that. that should have been allowed to make that decision was the Undertaker. Correct. Agreed. Because... If at the time the Undertaker looked at him and goes, "I'm not ready to go anywhere," then you don't. Then you don't break. Then it. you don't break. But it. if he agree. knew that he he was on his farewell deal, then yeah, you much it would have been much better. So the here thing with the, that: Lesnar is that he doesn't need that cachet. What they do with Lesnar, they didn't need to have him break the streak to have Lesnar do what he does. Lesnar can legitimately come out and beat the shit out of everybody because he was UFC champion, and. They they like to make their C guys strong. Yeah, you don't need him to be the guy to end the underdigger streak. It did nothing. It didn't elevate Lesnar any more than what he already was.
1: I have a question, and I don't I don't mean to move away from Punk. Actually, you know what? Well, I'll save the question because I don't think are we, we're not done on Punk, are we? No. Nah. I um, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I wanna I. Like the fact that he's got that chip on his shoulder. I always respected that about him. I always thought that well, this guy deserved more. He... You know, he should have got more from WWE. Um, and I didn't think... You know... First of all, that title's fucking atrocious. I don't think anybody deserves that, to be seen with that piece of shit title that that spinner, what's up What's up?
0: To back up your sentiment... Go ahead. He... CM Punk was part of 17 WWE pay-per-views during his 434.
1: Yeah. How many times was he in the main event? Guess. I was
0: gonna say zero. Well, if that's wrong. But it's got to be less than five, right? It's exactly five. Five. Five times. Five times. Remember when Daniel Bryan versus disgrace. CM Punk for the WWE Championship went on before Camacho versus Ryback? Yeah. It's
1: ridiculous. It's a fucking. And that's what I mean. Like, and he's very much jaded and. And I know that, you know, he's, you know, uh, yeah, and use word abrasive, I can't really argue, but what I will say is, is that I I totally understand, I understand it. From as a from a fan's perspective, and I will totally admit that I don't know shit about the ins and outs of what he had to deal with at WWE, but from what I've read and from what I, you know, heard, and, and you know, you heard him on that podcast with Cole Cabana, like, I... Feel for the guy, and I'm rooting for him. I've always been a fan, and he was breath of fresh air in Who did WWE. He, did he
0: lose the belt to The Rock? He did at the Royal Rumble, and yeah, that's even. I mean, that's even a sort of a slight. Yep, I get what they were doing. They were transitioning and out or whatever. Mm-hmm. But fuck, even that. And I love The Rock. Don't get me wrong. So do I. But he's a part time dude. He mm-hmm. don't need to put the belt on him. Yeah. And had that be the guy to beat CM Punk, the guy that beat CM Punk again, you spent 34 days with him as your champion. That should have elevated that that person to. Mm-hmm. Something else. Instead, he put it on a guy who's leaving in after WrestleMania. Doesn't he deserve respect for leaving while he was on top and under his own terms? And one, yeah, he didn't get fired. Nothing bad happened. He just he pretty much said, "Fuck you, I'm out."
1: Dude. My contracts
0: up. I'm not coming back. And I did they fire? Did, did they let him go on his wedding? Was that the story? Did they sent him his release papers on his wedding day. It was him, right? they did, did that Something tell? like that. Yeah. I mean, there's no good guy here because the WWE are a bunch of repugnant cocksuckers.
1: Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm not saying that I agree with him walking out of his deal like that, but I. Would I have done it that way? Probably not. But I understand why he did it. And I respect him for that. And that's. And that. You know. Added on with the fact that he was the best thing that happened to the WWE as as a fan of WWE for me over the last decade, outside of Shinsuke Nakamura, who is and AJ Styles for me, who are two guys who I really, really, really they still need to today.
0: they need to follow through on Styles because he's been up and down since he's been on the main he roster. Need,
1: he needs to beat Ambrose.
0: He does. I don't
1: think he's going to, but he's, he needs to. The Amber's
0: experiment, to me, is done at this point. He doesn't mean he's done for forever, but he had his run. You saw what he could do. Admittedly, I don't think he's ready. So you let him chase for a while and build some of the shit back up. Find himself, because that's half the issue. See, AJ Styles doesn't need to be found. He's already a fucking megastar, and he's the best worker on their roster today. Period. End of sentence, because is not up on the main roster yet. Right.
1: I want to. Um, I have a question in regards to the UFC thing. You you alluded to the Lesnar and how they make the UFC guys look stronger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why is it that they really do apply. the UFC guys look so much stronger than the WCW and ECW guys?
0: Because I think. And this is just me. And it's transitioned now because UFC didn't exist back in the day. Vince, when he was booking in the 80s and the 90s, the guys that came up to the roster that got the first big pushes without doing fuck all were your ex-football player, big, beefy motherfuckers. And they always talked about like their collegiate past or football past. I mean, think about it. If you have some sort of... He's always been so envious of real athletes, of real stars, that he'll do whatever he can to get that Kurt Angle was another example. Now Kurt Angle is an all time great, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say he didn't deserve it, but they pushed Angle to the moon.
1: Yeah, but
0: he was undefeated for the first how long of his career until Taz came in and found. Dude, beat him. he
1: yeah, but he is definitely the exception to the rule. I mean, a guy who was an outsider who made a name for himself outside of the world of wrestling. Right, pro wrestling.
0: Well, that's what he—that's what I mean. Though he had a cachet,
1: but dude, he—he was—he is one of the greatest professional wrestlers Ever. of all time. You can't say that about anybody who came from another area of well, athleticism.
0: You can say about The Rock. He was a good college football player. Uh,
1: all right. I guess,
0: dude. I mean, a lot of those guys were ex-football players. Look, Randy Savage was a base- Major major League Baseball player in the Cardinals form system. Well, you didn't
1: know who Randy Savage was until he went to... The, no, fans no, got him. no. We knew who Kurt Angle was. My like point is... He, is my point, I like, guess, and I don't know if that's fair. But. He,
0: he, They love talking about those guys who have some sort of pedigree. because it, I don't know because it makes them feel like they're legitimized because wrestling is looked at as fake, so it legitimizes them as athletes because they can put their past credentials out there. So, like, Jack Swagger, who I fucking can't stand, but you heard nothing about Jack Swagger outside of his, his act look look what they're doing with Ziggler today. But
1: here's the thing, I guess the point I'm trying to make, though, is, and I understand what you're saying, but,
0: that's not... Holy shit, that's big news. What? Fark and the Colombian government reached a piece at their five decades of bloody conflict. They... They're not competition, though. Randy Savage playing minor
1: league ball. I
0: don't think he looks at the UFC as competition either, to be honest. He's working They've them. said that publicly. What, they're not competition? That's bullshit. Because they don't, de- they don't decide that. Well, I think they share from the same fan base. They do. They're pulling from the same people. They don't... But they don't make that... They can't... You don't make that call.
1: Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H don't get to make that call. Yeah,
0: Vince's thing is that they're selling a different product. He's not selling combat sport. He's selling sports entertainment. Well,
1: I hate to break them, but...
0: But, like, look at what they're doing with Ziggler now. Is There's, it
1: UFC selling sports entertainment? Yeah,
0: looking no further than the McGregor-Diaz press conference. Exactly. Look at what they're doing with Ziggler. They're trying to push him to make him relevant in the mix for SmackDown for the championship picture. And the way that you're pushing it is not to talk about his past accolades, so he says it occasionally in promos that he's an ex-champion or whatever. They keep talking about his Kent State wrestling ability. Winningest wrestler of all time at Kent State. What did you do in collegiate wrestling a 100% zero bearing on being a professional wrestler? You do none of the same shit at all.
1: I think it's is it more of a. I think it's more just talking about their athleticism. You were yeah, looking to it earlier. They're it's legitimizing the that, their athletic sure. ability. And because these, being a pro
0: wrestler isn't legitimate enough to them, which, which to me
1: is a fucking outrage. It is an outrage. It's just total ignorance. People who have no clue talk. Talk with that nonsense that comes out of their mouth. That's you, you know they
0: don't play up though. It's weird because I guess maybe he's over such a big star, it doesn't matter. They don't play up too much. Nakamura's MMA background. No, they don't. You don't hear much about it. They don't really get much. In, he was almost like they didn't need to give you a backstory. He just came and he was Nakamura, right. and it was like, well, we don't even explain this to you. Here he is. He's a superstar. The God superstar. But that also happened Saturday before the NXT pay per view. I mean, before the, the UFC, UFC, the West NXT. NXT. Whoever, yeah, yep. Another great card. It was. It was
1: better than Summerslam.
0: Well, uh, that, again, that's consistently happening. So, yeah, why they let them do those things next to each other is awful. Because NXT keeps setting bars that the main roster can't. The main, the main problem that you have with the main roster, outside of lack of direction, is the length of their shows. It was five hours long. Mm-hmm. It was exhausting. And it was not five good hours Oh, uh, six Six hours, I think, if you count the pre-show, right? Seven to 11 is what, four? Yeah. And the pre-show is five. Two hours. Oh, it was two hours of pre-show? show I believe, was six,
1: uh, five to seven, right? Good fucking lord. I that could don't... be wrong, but I want to say it was six I know to they 11, had more than one match in the pre-show. Mm-hmm. I know
0: they had a couple things that they added.
1: There was like three matches, wasn't it? It was... Didn't Sheamus and Cesaro fight their match on the pre-show?
0: Yeah, and Cesaro was pissed off about that. Oh, he was? Yeah. He doesn't like the Best of Seven series, doesn't like that he was not on the main card for SummerSlam, and he wasn't on Raw this week because Sheamus is filming a movie.
1: Yeah, I don't like the Best of Seven series either. I Sheamus, isn't...
0: Sheamus doesn't do anything for me, so I, it's bad. And I, and I like Cesaro a lot, but I got to, at this point, feel like it's not going to happen for him. Cause... Are they
1: getting the Vince McMahon trophy for winning the Best of Seven series?
0: Like what? They're gonna get the cure from insomnia trophy because
1: I wasn't a fan when Booker T and Chris Benoit did it either in WCW. That
0: Chris Benoit does not exist in the WWE world anymore. But uh, well, he exists. I saw him in the Royal Rumble in person. He didn't. It's a uh, like, no. Not it's not part of reality anymore. Speaking of Chris's, how when we, we've kind of gone backwards on our format, but that's okay. Who cares? How great has Chris Jericho been? Fantastic, Dude,
1: him and Kevin Owens have been fantastic.
0: Is it sad to it's you... It's TV. Like, it's sad to me that they're they're hastening their breakup already? Yeah. Because they already got into the their, who's going to be world champion mm-hmm. conversation? Because, of course, they're both in the final for No, they're not. Jericho lost? To Roman Reigns. Oh, that's right. So does he help Owens, or does he hurt Owens? That's what's going to wind up being what happens. But they should legit be a, ta- a tandem for a while. Because they're just... What the fuck did he call Todd Phillips this week when he came Tom. in? Tom. Sven? I don't
1: he know. He called him some
0: ridiculous shit. I, I was hysterical. Dude.
1: They're gold. They are gold. It's just, it's very, very entertaining. It's appointments, you
0: know. They mid-carded, or upper mid-carded, the Universal Championship match. Debuted an abortion of a championship belt. The Eve Marie Universal mm, Championship. Yeah. Uh, they put the strap on Finn Balor. Congratulations to him. I love the guy. Yep. And he was probably put on the shelf because they can't get out of their own fucking way. Uh, Lance Storm said it best. Agreed. When you have a move set and you hurt yourself doing one of your moves, that's on you. You're, well, you're putting... It's a move set that puts at yourself
1: risk. at risk and you hurt yourself. Right. So it's your, it's your own problem. Yep.
0: When you have a move that keeps hurting other people... That's a different problem
1: Well it's putting other people at risk Is what his point was And, it, it and is. it's hurting That and move needs to go away He can He should never Be allowed To do the buckle bomb Ever again I mean they
0: I, they tweeted, ban- I tweeted about this earlier They banned pile drivers Because of what happened to Stimicol need- Which I think is dumb oh. Because
1: what Owen Hart gave him Was not a pile driver It was a reverse pile driver and it wasn't even a tombstone power driver; it was a reverse
0: power driver. And all of a sudden, couldn't brace himself for the impact, and, and he didn't land on Owen's legs. He landed actually on oh, the back and fucked him up. But I get it. Okay, so you banned the move because you don't want to take anybody landing on their neck. All right, cool. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? This got to go too because I love Rollins. Don't get me wrong; he's phenomenal. But that move is just—it's not worth it. Is it really that important to your move set to keep doing that dumb shit? It was one thing when Kevin Nash did the Jackknife Powerbomb the Big Show didn't get himself up correctly and landed on his head funny. And it looked like... Yep, bad. It looked bad. And they did the fake ban of the Jackknife Powerbomb, even though that, that move has been done a million times to everybody else. It was legit because Kevin Nash wasn't strong enough to cover the fact that the Big Show couldn't do a sit-up and do a Powerbomb. And, you know, it's the guy was 400 fucking pounds at the time, so you get it. But, um... Or, I'm sorry, 500 pounds, according to Paul COVID. That's right. Um, I get the faux banning of a move like that because it makes good gimmick sense it's and storyline stuff. Good. This legit needs to get banned. Because, uh, no bueno. It's just not worth losing the talent. And now, look, you had Who knows? I felt like that injury fucked their entire booking up of, of Raw. You could tell. I mean, it was like a... It a, was a destroyed mess on, it, yeah. on Monday night. No question about it. It was fire drill time. It. Um...
1: You know, and Lance Storm is a hundred percent right, and I love Lance Storm and his insights on social media. When you're watching the show and you're on Twitter and you see, he'll tweet stuff. It's fantastic. Still stuff. has He's one of my favorite
0: gimmicks ever. By oh my god! If yeah. I could be serious yeah. for a minute,
1: amazing, amazing,
0: just perfect. Uh, uh, but
1: Bret Hart, and listen, I respect Bret Hart, but I feel like Bret Hart's one of those guys who's the big, the biggest. Bret Hart, Mark is Bret Hart. Absolutely, um, no bigger Bret Hart fan. Right, uh, I think he's a little. I understand where Brett's coming from, but Seth Seth Rollins is fucking fantastic wrestler. I mean, let's let's not bullshit ourselves here. The guy is a great, great in ring performer. He's a great wrestler. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, but I want to see Seth Rollins wrestle Finn Balor. I'm going to see F- Sting wrestle maybe one last time. I'm not going to do that now. I can't see Sting wrestle again because of some stupid fucking move that it's not... It's very... Dude, I cringe. It's so weird how when I watch wrestling now that, like... You know, that fucking... That, that insane spot in the women's championship match... With the razor's edge on the turnbuckle. I cringed at that. It's like my niece was watching with me and she's like looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm like Dude, Like I'm making those noises. I made that, I did that with the buckle bomb, I did she, that.
0: She was gonna do that move, take that move with a bad back. She was already hurt going into that match. Dude, she almost broke her neck, bro. She almost she almost broke her neck on that on that move. I'm like and so it's amazing that she's not actually more hurt than she is. Suicide dives. That's got to stop, they, That's a move that should be completely banned. And the guys are... are there are big dudes doing that doing shit that, now, it's too. It's
1: ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. Like, I Roman Reigns
0: does it, and I, he's athletic like this fuck, but that makes me... Like, my heart goes in my throat, because... Dude, the,
1: whole, the big E spear is the worst. Oh,
0: I, and he lands with a fucking splat every mm-hmm. time he does it. Yep. Now, I used to hate when Daniel that would do it, and he would run into that barricade every time he do that dive through the roof. Yep.
1: So the suicide dive and the buckle bomb, I believe, are two moves that we should that I would be completely happy with. Would you I lose anything? Again. No, I don't think so. I don't. I agree. You
0: wouldn't even notice they were gone. Let's be honest. I don't so. think
1: so. Um, and it's a shame, because it's unnecessary.
0: Not always bad in Raw, though. Uh, you did get the debut of Bailey.
1: Yes, which was probably the high
0: point. That was a great feel-good moment. Um, And inserted right into the woman's title picture. Yeah, they are fucking around. So, it was good. If it's not going to be Sasha Banks, who I think should chase the belt when she comes back from injury, because Bailey and Sasha Banks, we we witnessed it, it can be better than the men's matches. So, fuck it. Let them go. Um, Charlotte, if she really is going to take some time, that's cool. It's in capable hands. Sasha Banks and Bailey can carry the women's division for, for time. Um, I agree. I
1: wasn't. I wasn't thinking about what you were saying. I agree. What I was gonna say was, there's been a there's been a shit ton of injuries over the last two three years in WWE. Um, and I've been on this show saying publicly that because they're not allowed to take certain Supplements that may help What the hell are you looking for?
0: Ah, mmm, bottle of water Jesus I knew it was somewhere um,
1: That yeah, I believe is causing You know, the the grind Of the WWE life Life on the road The constant travel The constant um,
0: Shows The pounding of your body
1: and you Yes, know,
0: the matches are predetermined The wear and tear and the physical nature of it is... Oh, this is not
1: going to be a show where we justify... Fuck anybody who doesn't. I have no time for people who don't understand what these people go through. I I have no time. What I was going to say was, though...
0: Do it once. Then come season. Exactly.
1: Um, That I believe that there's... I'm not saying it's causation, but there's definitely a correlation between this strict um, stance on supplement and PED use and injuries. Uh, you know, Sasha Banks didn't have to deal with this grind in NXT. Not to say that they didn't bust their ass down there.
0: You didn't travel. Like but they didn't
1: travel. They didn't... They're not... I don't think she wrestled. Well, they did travel towards the end, I guess, right?
0: Yeah, but it was sporadically. Sporadically, right. It wasn't year-round. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't year-round. Um, and most of their shows were pre-taped in town And she's little, bro. Yeah, she's She's little. She's little. Like she's She doesn't have it to take that kind of pounding. And
1: she does she gives zero fucks, dude. Mm -hmm. She'll do she'll leave it all out there and that's why people love her. I mean Well
0: She's snug at everything she does. Her promos are good, her wrestling is good, her look is good. She's just she's good. There's no there are no two ways about it. I love her, um, and I hope that she gets better soon and yeah. gets back soon. But I, I am happy that Bailey's up on the main roster. They gave her the send off in NXT against Asuka on Saturday, um, and you can't do anything but feel good. Could she ever be a heel? Is she one of those people that just doesn't work as a heel?
1: Right. I I was always under the impression that she would never, she would never be a heel.
0: Even if you, the funny thing is if you take her out of the ring persona and look at her as a person, there's a story to Bailey that you could spin into making her a heel. The overlooked thing. All of her friends got called up and she was left to NXT. She's the girl next door, even though there's a bit of an edge to her. Like, if you actually listen to her talk and stuff, she's not the goofy Like they always say, the best wrestlers are the ones whose personalities are turned to eleven. I would venture to say that that's not really her personality. She's playing a character, and she's very good at it. But she's not the goofy girl next door. She's a legit badass motherfucker. Like she's good, and she legit has a chip if she wants to. Mm -hmm. They could play that if they really wanted to play it. I just don't know that you ever give up on this character because it's such a it fits so good.
1: I mean, if you if you it would have to be something like. This version of Bailey is the red and yellow version of Hulk Hogan. Yeah, like, it has to be that epic.
0: And it had to be a slow. I mean, yeah. You can't do it quick. She'd have to be a face for a long time before you even play around and try nothing to do that. A woman's wrestling faction that's not called PMS would probably be fucking epic in today's wrestling world. They have yeah. enough good women's wrestlers that a, a stable of women and not the three women horse shit PCB Yeah Yeah. You know that Teen Insert Dumb stupid Term here Like the female Four Horsemen Or the female NWO but their own incarnation A legit stable That just fucks shit up And there's not Thirteen other stables That fuck around with them Would be Fun Right You can have a lot of You know a lot of fun with that And having A Bailey turn To join a heel Female stable Probably be a lot of fun too
1: I'd rather see right now. I think she needs to run with the title. They need to establish her face. who she is yeah. before you do anything. I mean,
0: there's, you turn her now, she She's
1: not going to beat Charlotte. At backlash if she fights her
0: depends on if Charlotte's leaving.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I don't think Charlotte's supposed to win the belt back. Truthfully, right? So,
1: well, she, I think the, the from what I'm hearing, the original plan
0: was the original plan to have Sasha win at SummerSlam. I, Did I read that right? The, that was the only line that changed. That line, that betting line. And by the way, if you ever really just want to see what's going to happen on a pay-per-view card, just look at the betting lines because they're 100% right, right 100% of the time. It doesn't always correlate to wins and losses like pinfalls because a disqualification win is... Like, right. like Roman Reigns technically didn't beat Rusev at the pay-per-view. It was a new contest. So I guess that would be a wash in the thing. But, or maybe he was disqualified. I don't even know how it worked. but
1: uh, Who gives? That... It pisses me off, man, what they're doing with him.
0: Who reigns? Yes. Maybe yeah, we can talk about that in a bit. I feel bad for Rusev too because he was on a roll again, and now he's been cucked. and it's not—it's not fun. But we'll—we'll we'll talk about that. But the betting line, the only one that moved significantly was Shiva Sasha was favored. Yep. And then the day the pay per view came out, they drastically swung to her being an underdog, and I was like, "It don't make any fucking sense." And then you find out she was taken off all shows through September, and then we go, "Okay, now it makes a little bit more sense." But she doesn't need surgery which is which is real good. Right. Um, the Roman Reigns uh, well Hope soul has been suspended for six months. For doing what? For her comments after the Olympics.
1: F- Hope soul is reprehensible.
0: She's as repugnant as her vagina. And if you've seen it you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. After her we played cowards comments and the team has all been out of shape about it. I guess they've had enough of Hope uh, Solo's bullshit.
1: She's re- she's repugnant. She's a
0: physically abusive bitch too. Ew, she's foul. And she she married a Seahawk, so fuck her twice, right?
1: Well, he was a Seahawk. He played for Tampa Bay too. <laughs> He's just a uh, a rapist and a.
0: Tampa Bay, who traded a the kicker, who they traded up for in the second round, he's hiring a sports psychologist. Dude,
1: that is a fucking disaster. The
0: <laughs> motherfucker can't hit a field goal. I watched him miss his very first field goal, as a matter of fact.
1: Yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, back to the Roman reigns Rusev bit. Yeah. So, they are... They're doing an angle where the heel Roman Reigns has been getting sympathetic attacks because a babyface has been just relentlessly assaulting him.
1: Heel Rusev.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't to slip. Well, right. The babyface Roman Reigns is, is attacking the heel Rusev and mercilessly beating him up, embarrassing the guy's wife, and beating the guy when he was supposed to be fighting and defending his wife's honor. Those are all things that a heel would do to a babyface and Roman Reigns is doing to Rusev. And yet they're still trying to sell Rusev as the heel and still trying to make Roman Reigns baby babyface. Yep. It's the most bizarre shit ever. They had him, three weeks ago, come out and cut a great promo off the cuff in the ring with Rusev and Lana, where, of course, Lana winds up in the wedding cake because it's there, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Selling, Setting up the next match, next week's match, against Rusev to defend the honor of Rusev's wife. He then comes out and cuts a horrendous fucking promo, which made zero fucking sense. And... Then proceeds to beat the shit out of Rusev again, who is defending the honor of his wife and lost, so I guess he doesn't defend his wife, and the heel wins. And then they have a match that doesn't happen at the pay-per-view, and the guy cuts us a quasi-heel promo on Raw, and then inserts himself into the title picture for the universal title who's now held in abeyance because of the injury to Finn Balor. I can't figure out what the fuck they're doing.
1: I, you know, it sucks because I, uh, you know, as the people know, I'm a fan. Yeah, you are. You and
0: you've always been. To and, your credit, well, not always been,
1: but it, t- it took me some time. I am one of those people that flipped them off in Philadelphia, and I apologize, no. Roman. If you were but, uh, you were pissed
0: at the situation,
1: I was. I
0: wasn't fucking.
1: I uh, don't know what the hell's going on, man, because I think he he's too good. <clears throat> to be fiddle fucked around like this, and I think that they were going in the right direction here. You have him fight for the United States Championship. The problem is, is that he needs to be the one getting his fucking ass kicked. Like you have, like he has to be the one getting his ass beat. You want to feel sorry for him? I don't feel sorry for him at all. I don't. No, why? Why would you? He's he's, he's on top every week, and dude, if he wins on Monday. That's yeah, gonna be a big problem.
0: I don't know which other way they go.
1: You gotta give it to Seth
0: Rollins. I mean I would agree, but I don't know that they will. They did they weren't planning on having him be their champion in Finn lost, they were obviously going for the babyface champion with the heel of the chase. You just audible and put the bell on Roman and let Seth chase him around. And that's really I think the direction they're headed in wouldn't would appear that way to me. Well look at the other options. You're gonna put on Kevin Owens. I, I would love that. If they called that audible, that would be fucking amazing. But yeah, but not.
1: then that means that him
0: and Jericho are done. I think they're done anyway. That's horrendous. I think Jericho probably costs him the match. Don't end that. I know they're amazing, but that's my guess. And you're obviously not going to put it on Cass, right? But the fact that he's even in it is ridiculous.
1: I mean, who else could be in that match on Raw besides Big Cass?
0: I mean, you have to look at the roster of any number of guys. I assume you could have put Cesaro in that spot. I know he's in his best of seven series, but so what. So then he's champion in best of seven series. Who gives a fuck? I mean, I, I would have to look to see who's on the Raw roster. I'm going to see
1: if I can pull up the Raw roster right
0: now. You aren't going to put Rusev in it because I don't know what the fuck you're doing with him. I mean, I'll tell you who should be in it. The hottest free agent in professional wrestling. There
1: you go. Dude, he should be in it. But is he officially
0: on SmackDown now or no? we well, he's got a tag partner. The guy's tag partner last night. They didn't wrestle it, did they? Wait, who was his tag partner? Rhino. No
1: way.
0: Oh, yeah, you didn't see that last night? No, like, I must have missed that. Mike, thing. did you see him trying to convince Arn Anderson to be his tag partner?
1: Yes, I did. Oh, dude, unbelievable.
0: And then Arn Anderson found out he wasn't his first choice and blew him off? Yep. What, did you see him talking to The Miz?
1: Yes, I did. Steven Spielberg?
0: <laughs> Fucking awesome. Miz is doing great work right now, too.
1: Yes, he is. All
0: right, let's see.
1: Uh, I'm trying to see. Well, Sami Zayn lost his match, right?
0: Yeah, Sami Zayn lost.
1: Um, not Big Show, not Neville.
0: Damn. Balor's hurt. Lesnar's not active.
1: All right, so yeah, Heath Slater. I think Heath Slater's a better choice. I'm than looking at this
0: thing, dude. The roster—they have a serious, serious fucking dearth of talent. I mean, guys that you could put, like legit put in title run,
1: but they're not ready.
0: They haven't been booked in that position. Oh, I, their heels are actually—Rolls <coughs> heels are much stronger than their faces. Seth Rollins, Lesnar, for what it's worth,
1: he's he's going to be all TV.
0: Jericho, Rusev, Owens, mm-hmm. Gallows, and Anderson, Sheamus. Titus O'Neil. I don't know what the fuck Jack Swagger is. Braun Strowman. Bo Dallas. Curtis Axel. All good heel characters. All good. Your faces on Raw? Dude. Your best ones hurt. Finn's hurt. Reigns, or whatever the fuck he is. Sami Zayn. Enzo and Cass. Neville? Sheamus? and I mean, uh, Cesaro? The golden truth, Darren Young, Sin Cara.
1: It's got to be Cesaro, dude. But here's the thing, man. Like,
0: it could have been the Big Show. They could have done that to us. That really would have fucking blew your mind. Braun Strowman's a future world champion, right? I, or I'm
1: sorry, universal champion. Uh,
0: in my opinion, yeah. Fuck no. But really, really I don't. Have, he don't do anything for me. I'm not a big sloppy dude, dude. he, he haven't seen him do anything with squash people. I don't know exactly what, what well. he can do.
1: Think about it, dude. If this was nineteen fucking ninety one, well,
0: he's a fucking world champion. If, if you're telling me Vince is booking this, oh yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be world champion. What? What the fuck was that pre match promo this week, dude? I don't know. Was that their? Was that their LGBT? Was that writing a joke just because Vince would laugh at it? Because I'm pretty sure that's what that was. I like I big sweaty men. I
1: don't know, dude. I don't
0: know what the fuck that was. I. I, I had to do a double take for yeah, a second. So I. I was like, "Wait, did he, yeah, he did just say that." What the shit? Because full
1: disclosure, I'm playing WoW, well, and I have my earbuds in, and I have my tablet right next to me, so I'm like watching, and I can hear most of it, but sometimes like, you know, sh- there's shit going on. They replayed that. They did replay, and it. I was like, what? and I was that was loud and clear. I um I don't know, but I, in my opinion, dude, he's he's a heater. And he's he's a big monster heel, and he's a future world champion. He should beat the shit out of anyone and everyone that gets that goes through his path to a point where you can make a fucking baby face just by beating him.
0: You <coughs> excuse me. Look at what I just gave you as a rundown for their babies on that roster. Is there any doubt that that's where Nakamura has to wind up? What else do you got? Who else do you give a fuck about seeing? When? Finn's on the shelf. Do you agree that SmackDown's the better show? Yeah, I think they have the better talent, too. They're going to be in
1: Philly on the 13th. I was actually looking at take it Yeah, I'll be
0: in fucking Greece. Um, Brian wants to go. Friend of the show, Brian, yep. He wants to go.
1: I uh, don't think I'm going to be able to convince my wife.
0: to swing that in the budget? Yeah. But you know it'll just make you fucking I'll regret say. it, even when you go.
1: I don't know, man. Seeing AJ Styles to me would be worth the the price of a mission.
0: We were fortunate to get to see him uh, in person already, so. Yeah.
1: But, um, you know, I don't know. How did you feel about I the I think game Nakamura, Mar- I'd rather see Nakamura on SmackDown, I guess is where I was going.
0: I will give Raw credit for one thing, and it's begrudgingly so, but it's still, there's one too many members of it, but their announce team is better than the SmackDown announce team. The Morrow, Morrow is fine. Morrow is great. Listening to JBL and David Ottonga step over themselves.
1: That's awful. Yeah. And
0: getting in the Morrow would have better served doing it Joey Styles style mm-hmm. by himself, yep. just calling the match. He doesn't need those other two fucking clowns. They add nothing and it just fucks up his, his yeah. call the matches. I like Corey Graves a lot, and I think him and Michael Cole work well together. Yeah. I I don't need Byron Saxon at all. No. He adds nothing.
1: There should not be a three man booth. I'm cool.
0: Corey Graves and Michael Cole will be a fine tandem. Corey Graves is very good. Mm-hmm. He he's is,
1: fantastic. and
0: he's a good heel
1: yeah.
0: color guy. And Michael Cole is your play-by-player is fine because he's he catches a lot of shit, but he's not that bad. No, not when he's allowed to be himself. Yeah, sure. I, I JBL does fucking nothing for me, and David Atonga is putrid.
1: Yeah,
0: he's he's just bad. Horrific. He's worse than Randy Savage was, and Randy Savage yeah. was. Done. And that's thing because Randy Savage was fucking awful. Yeah.
1: He's oh, worse I'm than sure Kurt I'm Henning was,
0: it. when Kurt Henning was doing that shit, too. He's just not
1: good. Oh, Henning was better than
0: Savage was. And he was.
1: Than yeah, he was good. I thought he was alright, dude.
0: He's not... Deion Tonga is Mark Madden level bad. <sighs> yeah. And Mark Madden was un-fucking-listenable. God, that was... <sighs> that shit was fucking terrible. Was rough, man. That was, a, that was always the thing, though. The Halcyon days of WCW. Their their announcer rotation was very good for a long time. Because, say what you want to about Zabisco. Zabisco was fine in what he did. Shivani might have been a piece of shit of a person, but Shivani was fucking world class as an announcer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you one of my favorites. And Heenan was exceptional. Yep. Bobby Heenan was always... He was he had lost something off of his fastball by the time he went to WCW, but it was still amazing. Mike Tanay was very good at what he did. The Professor.
1: Oh, uh, absolutely.
0: Um, I mean, they had, they really had some fucking talent there. And then you look for the WWE and they transitioned from the amazing days of Vince and Ventura and Monsoon and Heenan and Lord Alfred Hayes. Just all awesome. It was always a treat to pick up, like, a WWE home video and have, like, a weird commentary team like Lord Alfred Hayes and Usually they did the ones that were
1: like overseas or whatever.
0: Yeah, it were like uh, it was completely taped and they were just you yeah. could tell they were doing the play by play after it was already done, but they were talking right. about it. But it was fu- those were great. And then you transitioned from that. You had a little bit of a rough patch when Vince was doing it by himself and would bring in like the old retired wrestler of the week, like Savage, which was not Roddy Piper, so good. Oh, I love Piper too, but boy, uh, the best part about Piper was he was yeah. having no shit. he you can't call Tony Atlas Saba Simba. Uh, that
1: was that's a great moment in the history of WWF.
0: Piper was completely incensed that they were trying to do that to him, but uh, he was he was able to catch lightning in the bottle. And Jim Ross and Jerry King Lawler were legendary. I mean, that yeah. was just perfect. And Michael Cole was always going to have big shoes to fill um, doing it. And he's had a you know a bumpy road, but the three man mouse booth is tough to pull off and they don't have the fucking guys to do it. It doesn't work. I just don't think it works. Yeah, I mean, it's
1: not conducive to what you're watching. It was there takes anything, away from
0: it. Was there anything better that in the NWO's run than when Heenan would bail out of the booth when the NWO would come? Yes. you would just chicken shit out of there. Yep. And Bischoff, again, was actually Bischoff wasn't a bad uh, commentator either. He was fine. He sold. He was a lot like Vince was. Yeah. over were top and bombastic and was trying to pitch you the product that was there. Um, so Bischoff was, you know, he was fine in doing what he did. Uh, I wouldn't say he was anywhere in the class of the other guys that were there, but he was, he wasn't a detriment, for sure. Uh, the, some of these guys, they just keep rolling up here, just not good. And then they go to those fucking panels, and outside of Renee Young, who you can legit put on anything, and I'll watch, because she's amazing, those panels fucking suck too. Booker T is obnoxious, Jerry DeKing King Lawler's, you is know where the fuck he is half the time. Yeah. And, I, and it, I just feel bad for him, because he's like the old grandpa, they don't want to get rid of they don't have anything for him to do. Right. So he just is kind of there. Um, the, speaking uh, of, what pictures did Bob Backlund have? I don't know. Dude, he was taking fucking bumps and shit well, on Monday, he's man. He's fucking nuts. There's something wrong That's with crazy, him. crazy, man. But I, he's still employed. He, I, I don't... Yeah. Iron Sheik was not liking that, by the way. That Titus and they'll attack Bob Backlund. I don't oh gonna, really? Oh yeah, he's gonna have his, his friend Bob back on his back. He wasn't gonna play around like that. He also said that uh, him and Nikolai would have broke all the backs of everybody in the tag team tournament.
1: <laughs> I, uh, you mentioned the panels. I will say though that talking smack has been pretty. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. People are. Have really, I, I haven't. I'll be honest. I haven't watched it.
1: I watched I've the first snippets of it. I didn't. Yeah. Right.
0: I watched the first one. But uh, I uh I I like that they're doing it. It's fun. It's the same vein as the Talking Dead and the Game yeah. of Thrones at their show, but they're k it, which I like a lot.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, everybody's talking about last night's Yeah, Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I mean, it's everywhere. It's made, you know, Deadspin and Kotaku and every wrestling dirt was talking about it. I mean, and it you was, know, you know, I think it was a work, but it was very, very convincing. Very, very well done by both guys. Because The Miz came off. And, like, it was weird because it was like, hmm, you know what, he's, he's got a point. Even though I kind of understand more of Daniel, what Daniel O'Brien was trying to say than what The Miz was trying to say. Even
0: though, yes, longevity-wise, The Miz is right. Um, this is the most insidery wrestling geeky tweet of all time the Iron Sheik tweeted, but it is fucking amazing. Maybe pause and laugh out loud. The Ryan Lockie equal Iron Sheik Hacksaw Duggan 1987 class.
1: Jesus Christ. (laughs) What? For those who don't know... He's equating this to when they got stopped in Jersey?
0: Yeah, with the drugs. Wow. That... That is unfucking believable. That's he, unreal. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but goddamn it, no, that was fucking pretty much funny. Done, you
1: know, I, I, it was it was really convincing. It was really well done by both guys. And I'm a miss fan, so I thought it was it was really Daniel really Bryan fun. has done a
0: very good job of being the kayfabe dick on that show. He yeah. called out Cena. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, for for running down indie wrestlers, he's yeah. done a very good job in that role. I love him. I'm just happy he's. Willing to do all this stuff.
1: Yeah, and there's that weird, you know, he they they were not cuff him and the Miz are from different clothes, so and you you could clearly see that um that in that in that exchange between the two. Oh, I just got an Instagram follow. I'm sure this is legit.
0: They're offering sex. They're my favorites. Uh,
1: there's no, it's completely nothing.
0: Oh, they're not there. Yeah. Already got rid of the account before. It's he no, called, it huh? was no
1: posts. Oh. And no, you know, profile. I thought that's ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, you could see that. You know, one guy came from this place, and another guy came from this place, and they both have, even to this day, they both have different philosophies on how, you know, you should go about, I guess, wrestling or, you know, sports, entertaining, whatever you want to call it.
0: Daniel Bryan comes from legitimately one of those guys who um, fought in front of wrestled in front of three people in a school game. All the way up to already having a big following by the time he got to WWE to being for as brief as his candle burned there, one of the brightest flames they've had, maybe ever. I mean his his couple-year window on top was as legendary as anybody. Um, and I don't know if there's been somebody that's connected with the fans like Daniel Bryan since Stone Cold. I mean, that ability to have the fans eating out of the palm of your hand, right? that's special. The Miz was... Well, he had the stigma coming in because he was a reality show mm-hmm. guy, and then he won their, their reality show. So he automatically had that because he didn't go through the indies and he didn't go through paying his dues quote unquote and all that funny bloody bullshit because frankly fuck you. I mean honest to god. Get over yourselves. The guy can draw and do his job well and is excellent at it. give a fuck where he Yeah I just
1: right I agree I agree with that and I just think this is classic wrestler versus entertainer.
0: Which is sort of the way that they should have pushed it. Daniel Bryan instead of saying I didn't like your style
1: you wrestled like a coward is what he told them. He
0: should have said I'm a wrestler you're an entertainer. Right.
1: And that's the difference. And I think that's... You know, oh, I just got a
0: follower, too, on my Instagram. Oh, you did? Yeah, but this one actually has a title. Oh. You want sex, and not with anyone, come to my site. C-U-M? No, C-U- oh, C-U-M-M. that's C-U-M disappointing. Yeah, it's that a, is
1: disappointing.
0: They, uh, they also fucked up because, you know, the, the okay emoji and the finger point emoji that you can use as a Yeah, yeah. They did it backwards. Oh, that is... S- so they really fucked up. Brittany, by the way. Oh, her, yeah, I'm sure it's... Her legit. Instagram name is bukhanov 2 v 1998 So, that's a legit person. I think I'm going to throw her a follower. Follow her, because that's good. Um.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the... And I, I think... Here's the thing, man. Like, I... I will side with the wrestler over the entertainer. Probably ten times out of ten, but... <clears throat> the Miz has a good point, especially coming from somebody like me who says constantly that I want to see these guys, you know, in the ring, doing what they love, and I want to see them do it as much as they can. But their styles don't doesn't lend itself to longevity. Whereas somebody like the Miz, whose primary objective isn't to wrestle, it is to entertain. He cares about. All longevity, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't, he doesn't want to take too many risks, and I respect that as well. So it's like this weird thing where I'll yeah, argue, so I'm though, siding with Daniel Bryan, but the Miz I,
0: loves the business as much as any of those guys do. <coughs> <His> <coughs> I will, love wrestling, I, right? Right. And I think
1: that he, they both have they both have merits. I, guess. I don't know it's, that the
0: Miz is overly cautious or anything in the ring either. The, if there's one knock I can give the Miz is that his matches are formulaic. He right. sort of does the same thing all the time. But dude, here's the fucking thing, and this is why wrestlers are full of shit sometimes and need to pull themselves out of their own ass. Was there anybody more formulaic than fucking Ric Flair? Did he not do the same fucking yep. move set and spots in every match? Yep. I mean, the same shit. Mm-hmm. They flip over the turnbuckle and run off the thing and get thrown at the top turnbuckle and his face plant into the corner and the begging face off play, face plant in the in the middle of the ring. Yeah. Or the begging off and somebody wouldn't couldn't be hurt from them, or the the whole bit. The, ch- the knife edge across the chest with the big slap and the woo, and setting him up for the figure four, and the, the, the same shit in every fucking match. The guy had a, a handful of moves. Right. I mean, I could probably run through his moveset, poke in the eye, punch, kick, knife edge chop, the atomic drop thing he did on your leg to set you up for the figure forward and pick your leg up and drop his, your, your leg yeah. on his knee. The the routine where he went upside down to the turnbuckle, flipped up and either got clotheslined on the ring apron or mm-hmm. ran up the other side of the turnbuckle and got slammed off of it. The,
1: and I know this isn't going to be popular, I don't give a fuck, but it's not. The move set argument is the most pointless argument in the history of pro wrestling.
0: If you could tell a story and do two moves, it makes no difference.
1: It doesn't fucking matter. People have been over, more over
0: than outside of most Hogan, guys. Outside of Hogan, from 88 to <clears throat> 92, who was the most over wrestler on the planet? 88 to
1: 92? Yeah. Uh, well, there's two guys but the warrior would
0: probably be, yeah yeah. Uh, Savage is there too, but, but he
1: was a he was a heel.
0: Right. And I the there is nobody with a more <laughs> limited move set than the ultimate warrior and it didn't make a fucking lick of difference cuz the guy told a story.
1: But uh, you know and I'm gonna th- I'm thinking about this now, right? Way back when, dude. I'm not I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to say that those guys were more athletic and they did more. Than the guys today, guys today, dude. The af- the wrestlers today have done like they, they've just they've taken it to a whole different level. The problem, though, is move set. If the only way that you believe you're going to get over is through your move set, you're not going to get over. There's it's the, because you, it, dude. How many amazingly talented guys are out
0: there that aren't over? You can, just off the top of my head, look at no no better argument for that argument, no better case for that argument, can be made than Cesaro. Correct. Nobody can work in the ring like Cesaro can. Nope. The guy's a fucking freak. Mm-hmm. He's snug. It looks believable. He can do damn near anything he wants because he's so strong, and I love him. But his personality is meh. And there's just something missing from I don't know if it's booked weird, if it he doesn't connect. And that's a prime example. He's amazing in the ring. Yes. Neville is amazing in the ring. Yep. I mean but Neville to me will never be more than what Neville is. He doesn't have the personality to be more than the little jack dude who can do a four fifty standing.
1: Is Kevin Owens amazing in the ring? Yes. Is Chris Jericho amazing in the ring? Yes. Well, why are
0: they over? Because their personalities are unbelievable. And you know what? I Seth get, Rollins? He's, yeah, he's maybe the best of all in the ring. Why is... and Well, you know,
1: Roman Reigns is, I guess, different. I think Roman Reigns does have... I think Roman Reigns is very good in the ring. But his personality... He's utilized completely wrong. ...is blo- is terrible. It's just terrible.
0: Just like I called CM Punk abrasive, Roman Reigns is a dickhead, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And not, he's a guy that t- is taking a lot of this r- to heart, to, which to, I don't
1: think he, he should.
0: To quote the immortal Hulk Hogan, he's... Worked himself into a shoot Yeah Nobody who's worked f- First of all who? <laughs> the man who uh, was responsible For ending one of my favorite websites ever Yeah uh, By the way I'm uh, Not to digress too far But I'm fucking lost during the day Me too I My routine in the morning When I got into work And was eat, would eat my breakfast Is I would go on Deadspin Check the front page Yep Get done Deadspin And check Gawker's front page yep. I feel like I'm not getting my news I know I ain't going to fucking CNN Or that bullshit You said news Yeah So what am I going to do? And I love like Hamno and all those guys, I love their reporters. Yep. It breaks my heart. Fuck you. P- Peter Thiel, catch a bucket drink a bucket of AIDS, Hogan emulate like your fucking your your uh, colleagues and Krog.
1: Wow. But yeah. Um, I'm so livid. They could uh as Tony Schiavone once said, <laughs> You can go to hell Hulk Hogan.
0: Hey straight to hell. All I'll say is who was who was the first one to tell you what a fucking piece of shit Hogan was?
1: Let me, you know, what? I'm going to make a public apology to Bobby the Brain. Heenan. Oh yeah, for years, for years he told me as a kid mm-hmm. how much of a piece of shit Hulk Hogan was. What an maniac he was. He was a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. It's
0: uh... he would tell you mm-hmm. when when he would Hogan went to be a team with somebody like Savage. How are those two egos going to survive? Yeah. The, Bobby Heenan's entire stable was created to fuck a <coughs> Hogan. Yep. That is. That's amazing. And boy, I'll tell you what. The Heenan family never won fuck all when it came to the Ultimate Championship. Nah. They did buy the belt one time. Yeah. But, he, you were always, you always believed they could. You always believed one of Ho- Heenan's guys could win the championship. For sure. The best is when he would sell his wrestlers to other managers and then act like he got over on them. Mm-hmm. Or he would say something bad about, you know, like an off-the-cuff comment by one of the other managers and then fucking Mustang would threaten to rat him out and yeah. then act like he didn't say anything wrong. God damn it dude I missed that I can go back And watch that classic oh. shit As a matter of fact Tonight's gonna be a nice night Let's see what we're looking at Temperature wise Here at HQ Studios It's gonna be uh, 79 degrees now Going down to the 60s Yeah tonight I'm probably gonna go out With a cigar And I get done eating my dinner Throw on the old network And just watch some classic Heenan monsoon Shenanigans Cause I love wrestling We obviously dedicated A ch- big chunk of this show To it There's nothing better than that old stuff. Just Agreed. watching them play off of each other was the best, and the shit that they got away with back in those days. Good Lord Almighty, uh, uh, unbelievable! Yeah, it's funny though too. Like when you
1: talk, when you hear Meltzer talk about those those early nineties days, the stuff that I loved, and how the, everybody shits on it, including Meltzer. Um, I, I just I don't get it because I thought the late eighties, early nineties was was Without that error you don't have. Wait,
0: Meltzer doesn't like the the rock and wrestling era. I, th-
1: I think I remember reading something about how he said it was um, some of the worst in the history of the company, both from a financial standpoint and a product standpoint. I couldn't, and I can't speak on the financials, but I believe him. I don't. There's no reason for me not to believe him. But uh, that was some of my favorite shit.
0: The strength of. That built the end of the Territory Wars.
1: Like, I feel like if you want to talk about 93, 94, 95, 96, alright. Like, yeah. Because that shit was fucking awful.
0: Yeah, agreed. But that was the end of the golden era. Right. Agreed.
1: But then, 88
0: to 92? 87 to 92? The WrestleMania era, when (laughs) WrestleMania started... From that through rock and wrestling, I mean, rock and wrestling was before WrestleMania, but that MTV collaboration, Mm -hmm. Saturday Night NBC collaboration, made Vince so strong that he put everyone short of Turner's company out of business. So, how could you not look at that and go, that was the most successful? I mean, they fucking destroyed everybody. Mm -hmm. And were it not for WCW's implosion and the Time Warner sale, which all the other ancillary shit aside, that really is what fucked over WCW. The, the WCW but for all intents and purposes should have won that situation. But the the wrestling at that time wasn't very good. when, when before the NWO hit, there was wrestling was bad.
1: Well yeah. Uh, right. I mean Agreed. you're talking
0: Dungeon of yes. Doom and monster trucks falling on top of buildings and Hulk Hogan going into the Taskmaster's there, the where there's no hulkamaniacs and yeah. just the dumbest shit, yeah. ev- and then <laughs> on the other side, you had the goon. Yeah,
1: it was the char- It was the it was the characters, quote unquote. You know, every, was... everybody had an occupation. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> the know? garbage wrestling yeah. fucking guy.
0: And, yeah, I mean, it just dude. Still, the, the greatest character occupation of all time, outside of Duke the Dumpster Jersey, which was the trash man wrestler, the fucking repo man.
1: Yeah, even though Repo was before... I mean, Repo was in, like, the 90, 91, 92. Yeah. Um, well, no, he was the 92, well, 93.
0: he maybe. was in before that, too, because he was he was the member of one of the best tag teams of all time. But, who? Oh, I'm sorry, sure, true. That's cr- correct. Completely different team. That's true. Cr- However...
1: k only here, dude.
0: A, re, a, repo, a, a Repo man who also repossessed wrestlers... Yes, which is fucking amazing. Just a fucking amazing. Yeah, he repossessed yeah. you. That's the fucking greatest. Yeah. That and a wrestling IRS accountant was just yep. <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's just... That kind of shit was the best. But for everybody that's great like those two, you have a dozen just... What the fuck was Bastion Booger? Um... <laughs> I, I'm not going to say it because he could listen to this podcast. He probably is listening. Um, I don't speak ill of the... Uh... I mean, this is also the company that brought you the one-man gang who was a 1980s punk Gang member, and then had him be reborn when the Dr. Style Slick acquired his services as a jive talking, kufi wearing pro Africa wrestler. Yeah, I
1: uh, but that worked. I mean, like, I always liked the, see, but that again, that falls into my favorite era. Like, could you imagine outside of the attitude era? If, that was my favorite. If
0: that happened today with the internet and everything else. Dude. Could you imagine the outrage culture if the slick first of all, he was built he was built from deepest darkest Africa. Bro. Come, could you imagine Kamala? <laughs> and we mentioned Saba Simba earlier, dude. Could you Dude Kamala being the the savage black guy that had to have a dude, manager he was a tell him Gun cannibal. And yeah, he had to have a manager tell him how to pin somebody. He wasn't swearing up another pin. Him. That was the best God damn it! I love wrestling. He I, was from I, Georgia. Well, no, he wasn't. I think he, he's from Uganda. The Ugandan giant. The guy. The guy painted tribal tattoos on his giant tits and stomach. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just fucking awesome. Dude, he came out with a fucking spear and a shield
1: and some fucking mask. That's fucking um, disgrace. He wrestled in a fucking grass skirt. He did Well, uh, it was like a um. <laughs>
0: It was unfucking believable. It, it was like
1: he had tights on, but it was like yeah, it was like a like a loin claw. <laughs> or some shit. I don't know. It was dude,
0: just fucking horrendous. You could, their people would shit. They would not no shit. Their rifles, they should have shit back then. Oh my god, it was fucking amazing. You just yeah. can't, you can't get away with that shit now. I mean, he legit turned a giant fat white guy and made him a shocking and jiving. They did. But you know what
1: he was like but that was the that was also the early nineties though that I liked you know and I was a kid and I'm speaking as my you know no, you ten year know. old self. You I didn't think you fucking didn't know. that subtext no. as a
0: kid. No nah, dude. I
1: looked at that and was like that what the fuck? I don't I'm looking at that and I'm like, this is the fucking one man gang. Yeah, what's going on? But I didn't think like I didn't associate <laughs> being a shit kicking redneck biker
0: <laughs> and then turning over like <laughs> coming out. Of that- First of all, they had yeah, yeah, tribal yeah. black people in the inner city. I, I don't know why. They did, with like the burning fucking yeah, well, the, the, barrel. the barrel fuck. of trash burning. Yeah,
1: the tra- right, just terrible. You
0: had a tribal group of tribal black people do a tribal dance around this barrel until Slick came out with a fucking boombox and played this jive music that the one-man gang came out and cut a promo for. Yeah. I mean, what in the fuck? I don't know. The best. Just the one-man gang's in the fucking news today. Yes. Right really. Yes. For for the a, record, man lost everything. He did. It's terrible. And Louisiana floods. So. And George Gray, who
1: is his real name, actually, sorry, one man gang, K. only. Yes. Um, apparently, his hearing people that his colleagues and his peers talk about him was a stand-up guy, like a really, really good guy. Now, have I ever met? One man gang. No, but.
0: He lost his family home of 25 years in central Louisiana with four foot of water inside of it.
1: It's unfortunately, just fucking
0: awful. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to do a 747 splash and send that water back up the street Wait a minute. for its mama. Wait, please tell me that that is a legitimate fucking quote. I'm reading his GoFundMe page right he now. He referenced the
1: 747. Oh, yeah. That is fucking everything. That is everything. He threatened to do a 747 Into
0: the floodwaters, is that what that was? Yes, and send the floodwaters crying back to its mama. He wasn't there. He was in Georgia doing a meet and greet and signing. However, his son was house sitting and was able to save his eight cats, two dogs, and a lizard. Everything else his wife and he ever owned was ruined the beds, couches, appliances, electronics, clothes, and basically everything. Wait, did you say eight cats? Yeah, eight cats, two dogs, and a lizard. Dude,
1: that's a fucking, that's a goddamn
0: zoo, dude. That's a like, fucking zoo. like most in our area, FEMA had declared the neighborhood a no flood zone, and like most, we didn't have flood insurance. Our home insurance that so they cover zero of the damages. Any help that you can give to get back on their fees, as of right now, they've raised uh, forty one hundred dollars with the twenty grand he's trying to raise. Twenty or fifty? It's twenty k on GoFundMe. i um, just what he has there, but I'd love to see him get that funded because
1: fuck yeah, man. Dude, he referenced the 747. That's worth a thousand dollars in and of a, just that alone. I, I that's unbelievable. Shout out to the 747. It's near and dear to our hearts. Shout out to the 747. It is near and dear to our hearts.
0: Shout out to um, John. <laughs> uh, if they're not listed as being in the flood zone, yet they had four foot of water. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to stop? Like, is there really a conversation about climate change anymore? Can we? Can we stop? Can this be over?
1: Uh, Well, please. Dude. I mean, we could spend an entire fucking... Di- an entire show on that.
0: Dude, and- high on the one-man gang, a.k.a. Akeem, a.k.a. George Gray. He threw the Akeem in there. Wait, what? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I don't know
1: what that means. I don't know what anything you just said even means. The one-man gang, great wrestler. 747 was his finisher. Akeem, great wrestler. Also great tag wrestler. Great tag wrestler. The
0: Twin Towers. That's correct. With... Mm-hmm.
1: Big Boss fan?
0: <laughs> Correct. There's a picture of him standing in front of his house. It's heartbreaking. He's enormous, by the way. Yeah, dude. That's a that's a big boy there. Yup. That's a big boy. And that's fucking terrible. That his entire life was just destroyed. Um, but yeah, that, so much of these wrestlers that were the older generation... Just don't have much, and they still go out to the meet and greets and still care about the fans. I feel about old wrestling, you know, your 80s and some, what, 90s guys are a lot like the hockey players were back in the day. From the 70s and 80s, where they were approachable and out and going to bars and you could just bump into them and have a conversation with them and buy them a beer and that kind of shit. Nowadays, they're all superstars, they're all reserved, they're all coached up, they're all um, handled. You know, it's, a much, you're, you're, it's much different than um, right. Than what you used to experience before. So uh, guys like that who are a throwback, who are still doing autograph signs and meet and greets, you hate to see things like that. And, and I hope that he's able to recover. So uh, if you hear the sound of our voice and want to help out the one-man gang, do so. Um, there's a recurring theme with this show in the last 20
1: minutes. We just got done talking about, um, John Gray and, uh, the one-man gang. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, George Gray. I understand. Um, I understand it's for slip. Uh, breaking news. Okay. Toe Jam and Earl (coughs) back in the groove, coming to PC and console in 2017. Did he... Is he getting royalties? What's wish list on Steam now? So I guess you can add that to your wish list, is that what that means? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So John Jam and that's <laughs> incredible. That's Wait. an incredible incredible thing.
0: I mean he's not with us in person but in spirit. He is all over this podcast.
1: So I just wanted to break that news. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Doug just showed me a picture of an ricochet.
0: Who's the indie wrestler, Tessa Blanchard's significant other great wrestler. Local. Philly boy. Nah, nice, Kentucky. Is he? Yeah, he's well, he, from Kentucky. he lives here now. He, which he's is why yeah, which is why that's he, the yeah. the deal. But yeah, he's Kentucky born and bred. Um, Ricochet, who's an indie guy, did he get into Cruiserweight Classic? He did not, right? No,
1: no, I don't think he's going to go to WWE right now. Based on, uh,
0: he's probably making so. enough money that he doesn't have to. Uh... Yeah, I would, I would agree. But, yeah, Paducah, Kentucky. Yeah, and Boyle Heights, California, as Prince Puma. Oh well, yeah, of course.
1: So, well, I don't know what that even means. true, yeah, Prince Puma's Prince Puma. I guess
0: because of the ring of honor ties, he stays in Philly. Uh,
1: no. Well, Chikara, he wrestles for Chikara, I think. Um, I think he does. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But, but see, but that's the thing, though. Philadelphia is a fantastic location for an independent wrestler. Because yeah, yeah. you're so close to all these other independent promotions from all up and down the East Coast. It's
0: more livable affordable than New York. But you're a stone's throw from New York. You're close to Baltimore. You're close to D.C. You're close to Virginia. You're close to Pittsburgh within driving distance. You're anything up and down this Northeast corridor right there. It's within you know a few hour drive. You're in good shape. The shore... Um, mm-hmm. And the city itself is a phenomenal wrestling town. Oh, if you yeah. like wrestling, Philadelphia is a market.
1: Speaking of indie darlings, um, I just saw something earlier today. Do you remember that OPW show we went to in Williamstown, New Jersey? Mm-hmm. They're actually going to have another show? They do. They run frequent shows there. Yeah. Matthew Riddle is actually going to be a part of that. The MMA
0: kid? Yeah, yeah. he got a couple saw, tryouts, that's
1: right? He's, been, he's like an indie darling now. He's wrestled for Evolve. He's wrestled for Chikara, I think. He's... Uh, Right, I know he did the monster he worked in the
0: monster factory for a while he's got the look yeah he if does if I remember his old lady's good looking too uh, yeah she's trying to be a wrestler on, I'm not trying to get my ass kicked um uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. I gave her a compliment not upset about you no. did uh
1: so yeah I thought that was pretty cool you don't yet want yet none of this for, uh, I'll come out of
0: retirement he doesn't want none of
1: that <laughs> yeah Williamstown uh Williamstown uh, my hometown. So it's pretty cool to see that even Williamstown's involved in uh, independent
0: wrestling. Yeah, I hope he blows up because I can look at you and say we watched him wrestle in a fucking garage.
1: We did. we
0: did. I mean, that's really what that thing is. Yeah, well, yeah. It's like a, it's like a, hangar. Yeah. With no, uh, and I believe we went in the winter and there was no air, no heat. And it was fucking it freezing, was freezing in there. Yeah. But yeah. You like when things like that happen. Sure. And I would have loved to have been able to say I saw Daniel Bryan back when he was wrestling. Yeah, no question. We we went to something called the ECWA, which is an old Delaware-based uh, wrestling promotion that does frequent shows in Woodbury, which is near Mike and I. Yep. And they do a tournament thing every year where they have sort of like their uh, king of the trios. But yeah, it's like,
1: no, nah, it's like, uh, it's that eight, what the hell, I forget what they call it. It's like eight guys. And it's like the eights in the name. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm fucking drawing They're super
0: black. eight or something like that? Something.
1: It's like something like and that. And Daniel
0: Bryan, when he was still a young indie darling, won it. And I would have loved to have been able to go to Woodbury and watch Daniel Bryan fucking wrestle. He fought... Um, oh, wait. I don't know if he won. I think Low-Key won. Is that who beat him? Yeah. It was him, their it was super eight. Dan- it was
1: Bryan Danielson versus Low-Key.
0: It's actually got its own wiki page.
1: And I think Low-Key... Uh, BM. I
0: could be wrong. Ace Starling won the first one in 1997. Okay. Low key won in 2001. Yeah, Dan O'Brien never won. Uh, Ace Starling, Lance Diamond, Steve Bradley, Christopher Daniels. Wow. Low key. Donovan Morgan, Paul London. Wow. Christopher Daniels again. Petey Williams, who's another nice. indie yep. wrestler guy. Mm-hmm. Davey Richards. Mm hmm. Jerry Lynn. Dude, listen to this. Aiden Chambers, Nick Logan, Austin Creed. Yep. Who WWE fans may know better as Xavier Woods. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, Uh, the complete different person. Tommaso Ciampa.
1: There you go.
0: Papadon.
1: The Greek god Papadon. He's an indie darling. Damian Dragon. Matt Cross. Jason
0: Kincaid. Matt
1: Matt Cross? Is he Son of Havoc? He has
0: his own... I'm sorry, is that Matt Cross, I mean? Kayfabe only? Matt Cross is Matthew Sipiccioni Yeah, I think Oh, maybe not From Brecksville, Ohio Yes, Son of Havoc Yeah, Son of Havoc and The 18th Amendment, by the way Is another one of those ring names M-Dog Matt Cross Son of Havoc Spartan 3000 BC I don't know what
1: you're talking about I just know Matt Cross And on the, the R-
0: Raptor mm-hmm. Dude, first of all They they say he's 57177 Yeah, I believe it Look at this fucking dude mm-hmm. There's not an ounce of fat That guy's a jack beast, dude
1: And son of havoc is actually really good
0: on Lucha Underground. He uh, wrestles for Lucha Underground, correct? Mm -hmm. And Wrestling Society X, and Chikara, and Ring of Honor, and yep, etc., etc. And then somebody named Napalm Bomb won the 2016
1: Super. He wrestled. We saw him wrestle. Is he a tag guy? He was in. He. uh, I don't want to fuck this up because I don't know. I'm not. I. I've seen snippets on social media and stuff, but. I don't know if Napalm Bomb is on Black Wall Street or not, but Black Wall Street is like this indie stable from, like, I want to say, I saw, the first time I saw them was on an ad for, like, an MCW, which is, like, a Maryland-based product uh, promotion, but, and I don't, is he on Black Wall, is he a part of Black Wall Street or no? I don't think so. Okay, so, but he does wrestle for MCW, or he did. Yes. Um, and we saw Napalm Bomb at an ECWA show, the one and only show that we went to. He was there. He was I actually the went to another He was there. Oh, okay. I had gone he, the might second be, one. he might have been there as well. I saw
0: Renee Michelle wrestle at the second one. It was very good. And we saw Tessa Blanchard at ours.
1: We did see Tessa Blanchard. She was there.
0: Yep. Um, you were correct, by the way. Loki did beat... You did not beat Daniel Bryan. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. The American Dragon. He beat Bion the American Daniels. Dragon. That's correct.
0: In the finals. Uh, but, dude, as I'm, I'm looking through some of these older ones, there are... I mean, there are names on this thing. Yeah, no Billy, shit. Billy Kidman was in it. Uh... Mike Quackenbush, for, for those of you who follow... Yep, Chikara. you Yeah, know, wrestling. Ace Darling. Matt Hardy. Christopher Daniels, who's all over this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shark Boy. Nice. Uh, I'm just rolling through, but I mean... Spanky. Again, American Dragon. American Dragon lost to Low Key in 2002. Amazing Red. AJ Styles. AJ Styles lost the Super 8 to Donovan Morgan. Jamie Noble wrestled in it. No, I don't think these were all in Woodbury. No, but no, no, They, they do travel. It, I can tell you where they were.
1: I would be really pissed off if they wrestled in Woodbury and they, they, and we missed all these fucking people.
0: Wilmington, Delaware, Wilmington. These are, look like they're that's all still in close. Newport, Newport. I know it is. Newport, Delaware, Wilmington, Wilmington, Wilmington. I wonder if they ever had one not in Delaware. Newark, 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 Newark. Voorhees, New Jersey, two thousand eleven. Tommaso Ciampa beat Adam Cole in the if final fight. He's... Yep. And Austin wow. Aries was in that card too. Wow. Sammy Callahan was in that card. Jesus. Rich Schwann was on that card. And then somebody named Shockwave the Robot, which I would have fucking paid money to see what that game.
1: That's amazing.
0: Newark, Delaware, Newark, Delaware, Newark, Delaware. Is what, there a
1: wiki page for Shockwave the Robot?
0: 2015 and 2016 were both in Woolberry Heights, New yeah. Jersey. And 2015 was Corey Hollis. B.J. Hancock, Sean Carr, Napalm Bomb, Jackson James, Breaker Moran, who we also saw wrestle before. We did. He's these like... He's Tommy like, Dreamer. Yeah, Adelaide. he is. Jason Kincaid and Kai Katana. So we're saying these names now, not a lot of them are registering. We saw
1: Kai Katana wrestle at the Monster Factory.
0: These will be... I know, uh, it sucks, because we'll be here 10 years from now saying, oh, we not missed this <laughs> fucking show. And then Jason Kincaid, Kikoa the Flying Hawaiian... John Schuyler, saw him too. Scotty Tuhati, nice. Nate Bomb Danny Inferno, Aiden Chambers, and Papadon wrestled in this yeah. one this past April. So it looks like it's every it's every March or April in sort of like WrestleMania in either Delaware or now Woodbury. It, we may have to go to this year's oh, show because I mean you know these are guys like I just rolled through a whole list of people who are now. If, not necessarily all household names, but if you watch any wrestling at all, you're familiar with at least some of them. Yep. So, shit. Uh, in uh, indie wrestling, we've talked about it before in the show. It's as strong as it's ever been. So, if you're a fan of wrestling, there's so many avenues outside of the E that you can get your product that I, I recommend checking it out. But we've wrestled talked them to death. We've had a lot to talk about because we haven't been on in a couple of weeks, but we'll be more consistent until the honeymoon hits and then um... We haven't, Mike hasn't decided about whether he's going to co-host it or uh, solo it or uh, put it on the shelf for a couple weeks, but uh, I will be back after the honeymoon. Um, we'll have a couple more shows before then. Um, definitely have some some stuff. I'd like to, if we can get him here, um, though you never know at the, the illness level, have our season preview fantasy football show that we had last year. That was actually a really good time. Uh, our friend Ryan, who we did it with last year, who was very good and very fun to do with, is recovering from fucking pneumonia. So I'd rather not uh, be infected with that this close to my wedding. But uh, if he's feeling better, maybe we can convince him to, to come in. But I'd like to be able to do our NFL preview. I had a lot of fun with that last year. Uh, I watched Stranger Things. Michael has not.
1: But I will, though. I think I might take a take a dive this weekend.
0: There's a, um, a lot to talk about there, so I'm excited to get to talk about that with you. There's actually... Have you seen the title card for Stranger Things? That red lettering? It looks like an 80s throwback. Yeah. Um, there's a Create Your Own one. And the best one I saw was somebody made one that said Send Nudes.
1: No. I it, loved it. it that's was, amazing. That's the
0: best. Um, we will watch the end of The Night Of. I will yeah. give you my thoughts on that, Michael, his as well. Uh, I've enjoyed it so far. I'm a little concerned with the direction I think it's heading, but we'll see. Um but a lot of a lot of stuff to cover, and of course, everything that happens in the world of sports and entertainment. By the way, Josh Ennis uh, now looking for a job. You're free to come on the podcast whenever you want, buddy. Uh, we'll give you a forum and a microphone. You wanna you wanna cut a Stone Cold Steve Austin-esque promo on your next employer, Michael? I'd be happy to give you the forum and share some microphone time with you. It'd be hysterical to listen to that as well.
1: I don't think he's over enough to be on this podcast. He is not, but we can elevate him. That's I true. I don't mind
0: throwing him a bone and getting that him uh, and getting him some. Some heat because uh, you know we're uh, we're all about giving back. Mike and I are sportsmen, and we're all about giving back to, to the people. So we I think we we covered it all.
1: I'm fucking starving.
0: Yeah, we need to go get some grub, uh, folks. Thank you for listening. We always say this at the end, but we do appreciate it each and every time you tune in. That you tell a friend, that you bring someone along on the ride, that you share in the fun that we have putting these bad boys together. Uh, tell everybody that you can get us any way you want us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on SoundCloud. Get us on Google Play. You can get us on Stitcher. You can email us at hqepodcast at gmail.com. Your thoughts on anything that we talked about and more. Uh, Twitter, we are Podcast on Twitter. We are Podcast on Facebook as well. Any way you want to get a hold of the show, get a hold of the show. Uh, And thank you so much for being a part of this. Anything else? That's it, man. Well, folks, until next week, Michael and I remain the Tag Team Champions of Podcasting. I am Doug Baldino. This is Michael Verna.
1: For Azeroth.